I'm Review Cultist. I'm Mikey, the East End for Evil. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. And tonight we have The Soldier. So, The Soldier is uh, one of the stories from the Wicker Saga, which we started uh, about a year or two ago, (laughs) and then kind of stopped um not because we weren't interested but just because like some other things took priority and like then i i just forgot about it what was the other Um, one hmm? what was the other one well there's the wicker house and then like there's a bunch of stories there's a couple stories after the wicker house that were part of like a greater like um like mythos of stories that shadow swimmer 77 who's the author of the wicker house saga and the wicker saga um has done so um so i i decided for like for for the next few for the next few weeks we're gonna be covering some more of the wicker saga stories um now uh just just for um just for some reference i i may have to go back and listen to some uh, like check like listen to our episodes or like re re check or just like skim through some of those old wicker stories just so i so just so they're like, I know that there's no like, I don't think there's any like, like you need to read this story before this one, but like, I'm sure I'm wrong about that. <laughs> Probably. But uh, I'm going to, I am in the next few weeks, like, like moving forward, like as we read through these wicker stories, I'm going to quickly go back and check to see, uh, like just skim through and re familiarize myself with the wicker saga stuff. Um, But for now, we're going to treat these like we always do the story itself uh, as it is presented by the week. So, um, and like I said, this is by shadow swimmer 77 or Michael Landry uh, on creeppost.wiki. Uh, you can check it out there along with all the other wicker saga stories and anything else that shadow swimmer has done. So, uh, but before we dive too far into this, uh, into the story, which is quite long, um, let's do initial recommendations. I am going to recommend this one. I am going to partially recommend this one. All right. I will recommend it as well. Okay. Well, let's find out why two of us fully recommend it and the other one partially and see where we go from there. See where where, where we end up by the end. Uh, Starting with the rundown featuring the rock, except not featuring the rock because narrator has a name. Thank God. His name is Mike Landry. Part one, dream. Mike Landry, a burned out veteran who had something strange and terrible happen to him and his platoon in Iraq three years ago, wakes from wakes up from a nightmare of those events before getting ready for his current job as a teacher just outside of Philadelphia at a prep school. As he finishes up his last day before the Thanksgiving holidays, Mike decides to take advantage, as he has before, of the school's athletic amenities and go for a jog through the trails in the woods around the campus. But that's when a severe freak storm comes rolling in and the scar on his back flares up, 
causing him to collapse and hurt himself. Part 2. The Storm As Mike comes to, beaten up and injured from his fall, he hears a voice in his head of someone telling him to run as something wants him dead. He gets up and out of the forest, back to the gymnasium building, to clean up and check his wounds, while some creature stalks him from the woods. It follows him inside the school, which is vacant and then loses power at some point. But thankfully, Mike manages to escape and get to the train station to reach home. Part 3. The Monster On the train, Mike encounters a lone homeless man, the only person in the train car with him, who ends up being something inhuman and tells Mike he's marked by the Dark Ones before vanishing into thin air. Part 4. The Darkness Mike makes it home, though his trip from the train to his apartment is not uneventful. Some punks tried to mug him, and in a strange state following his encounter on the train, he nearly kills them before he snaps out of it and realizes what he's about to do. Now, knee-deep in booze, he sits and wallows in his apartment, wishing to forget the dark things he has seen, both today and three years ago. That's when someone knocks on his door. Come on, knock on my door. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't resist that. Um, Part five, the friend. Mike's buddy and the school security guard, Gabe, has come over to go drinking with Mike as previously arranged. But seeing the amount of drinking Mike has been doing already and his current mental state, the old NCO puts Mike in his place and sits him down with some coffee to find out what's wrong. Mike doesn't want to ruin a friendship here, so he splits the truth a little and focuses on the mugging event and how it affected him that he could nearly kill those kids, to which Gabe sympathizes and gives an emotional pep talk about seeking help for the uh, for the clear hurting and PTSD that was caused from whatever Mike saw back in Iraq. As Gabe leaves and Mike attempts to clean himself up and his apartment before going to bed, he thinks back yet again on those events in Iraq that changed everything. Part 6 through 10, The Tale, The Cave, The Beast, The Relic, and The Fury. Quick note, this isn't a slight against the story. I'm just going to paraphrase the whole flashback, which is the last uh, is the last five parts of the story. Um, in Iraq, three years ago, Mike and his platoon were urged out to the desert to uh, to a cave by Tahir, a local warlord and begrudging ally of the of the American outpost that Mike was in charge of. As according to Tahir a monster lurked in the cave who had not only been snatching up children, but had also slaughtered most of Tahir's 50 men. Two squads with Mike and his second-in-command, Troy, and Tahir, dragged along until confirmation of his story is found, enter the cave and find strange runes and the bodies and bones of the adults and the children. Letting Tahir go to the surface, the squad proceeds further down into the tunnels, but get separated and lost, and Mike and his squad find the monster, a giant demonic centipede creature that wipes the floor with the soldiers and eats them. Mike manages to get away through the brave sacrifice of his men and wanders the the tunnels some more before finding a strange, round, stone-like relic with inscriptions that glow. 
the relic seems to telepathically speak to Mike and leads him back to Troy and the second squad. And from there, hopefully the entrance. But not before the monster ambushes them and wounds Mike with a gash on his back. The scars in the present day um, that affected him. Which appears to paralyze him. Troy attempts to drag Mike up to the entrance. But after killing the rest of the squad, the monster arrives. And while Troy attempts to defend his superior, is brutally injured and in danger of being devoured. The monster also reveals at this point that it can talk uh, and is some kind of outer darkness creature gloating over its next meal. But then the relic still in Mike's clenched hand activates a power within Mike and breaks the paralysis and allows him to blast the monster with a purifying fire. And uh, Mike manages to take Troy's broken body back to the surface. Uh, above ground, he blows the cave entrance and stops the demon creature from escaping. Ben proceeds to have his men rescue and retreat back to the base with Troy in hand for a medical uh, medical evac. But it's a trap! Tahir is there with his men, and he kills everyone and captures Mike and Troy. He reveals that he let the monster out of its cavernous prison by smudging the runes at the, at the entrance and made a deal with it to get rid of the Americans in his homeland. As Tahir kills Troy in front of Mike, the power of the relic goes off again, even stronger than before and uh, within Mike, and he unleashes a terrible purifying blast of energy that wipes out all in the base and some distance beyond the base. This knocks Mike out for a while. The military eventually recovers Mike, and when Mike tells the truth, they don't believe him, choosing a much more sane explanation and an honorable discharge to Mike with some benefits. And that's what happened three years ago. Epilogue, the knock. Mike is waking up the next morning in the present when a woman and her child knock on his door asking for help and safety from some thing that has killed her, uh, killed her husband. At first, he doesn't believe her, especially when they say a psychic told them to go to Mike. But they give Mike a photo of the relic he lost after Tahir's betrayal. And so Mike lets them in and proceeds to hear them out regarding their situation. But that, my friends, is for another time, as we get a cliffhanger ending for this story. Finn, for now. So, with that out of the way, I suppose we'll move on to... Everyone tolerates the Grammar Inquisitions! At this point. Um, I'm, so, I don't know what you guys did <laughs> for your notes. Um, I went by part, <laughs> or by chapter. For the story, how dare you? Uh, well, uh, I also went by part, but that's mainly because I did a conjunction junction, and it's part mentalized. Okay, so I, I are you gonna my, do? I section my notes out by every two hundred words. I called that a new <laughs> section. <laughs> did, did you really? Yeah, I didn't do that. No. Oh. <laughs> I always think outside the box there, gamer. Yep. <laughs> okay, so, do it, honestly. 
sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll I'll just go through mine by part, and yeah, I guess yeah. So part one, the dream, nothing. Part two, the storm. I'm gonna start with this uh, quote here. My mind is struck dumb. Crazed gibbering crowds out all rational thought. God, my God, it's just like that time, just like that last time, got to be a dream, got to be, can't really be happening. I'm still unconscious on the trail from hitting my head. That's it. But this seems to be so real. What if it's not a dream? Then I have to move, have to do something. Why the fuck does this keep happening to me? Okay, so I've got to compliment that these intrusive thoughts that the character has here are separated by a spacing <laughs> from the rest of the story mm. when it happens. Even in italics for the slightest hint of difference in the font. <laughs> yes. That's it. They're totally in italics. Yes. Yes. Um the one thing I might I might encourage is like maybe have this these sections also in a in brackets, but like it's not really necessary. No. <laughs> Um, honestly, the spacing works just as well, like works just just fine for these uh, these sort of like intrusive thoughts that the character has. And then uh, on to part three, the monster, uh, this part here. On the surface, other than his startling eyes, there is nothing that would ha- would make him. There is nothing that would make him stand out in a room full of derelicts. So it says roomful. But I'm pretty sure it needs like which is R O O M like room, then compounded into that into room's word is F U L like roomful, and I don't think that's a word. <laughs> I, I think it's trying to mean like a room space full of derelicts. I think so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on to part four. Oh, but yeah, well, roomful, as much or as many as would fit in a room. Wait, so R O O M F U L is a word? Yep. Oh. Well, in that case, I learned a new word today because that just <laughs> didn't seem right to me when I read it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Off. It just seems weird. Like I've never I've never heard I've never heard of that word like like it used like that. Mm-hmm. So interesting. All right. Uh then on to part four, the darkness. Nothing. Part five, the friend. Nada. Part six, the tale. Here we go. Um, I am again going to reiterate that you should not be going in on this mission. We don't know what's down there and you're too important to risk. So this is dialogue, mm-hmm. but the what's down there, um, there should be a comma between what and S and or in the S because it is what is it, it's the uh, it's the contraction for what is down there not what's down there yeah dialogue or not apostrophe S it yeah. still sounds the same apostrophe so S, that is yeah. the way it should be yeah uh, on to part seven nothing on to part eight the beast then before I can change my mind before I can truly think about what leaving one of my men says about me as a as a leader and as a soldier and as a man, I turn and begin making my way up the tunnel, the rumbling sound echoing and making my head pound in time to my racing pulse. 
So that was all one sentence, <laughs> which little run on, but all right, I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it slide. But the big thing here for me, anyways, was um, uh, I think just needs to remove one of the double as a. Uh, so like it says, like literally it says, um, about me as as or uh, says about me sure. as a as a leader. So just need to remove one of the. Uh, one of the the instances of as a uh, between uh, about me and leader. He's so. being betrayed by Jeff Goldblum. Well, Doesn't he as a uh, like as a uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, l- life uh, finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you almost don't need a lot of the as as in that. Yeah, I mean so, the other one. But... The other one's kind of like he's being more like like the other ones are he's being like more like um, I guess. Uh, uh, expressive or just like kind of like just more like poignant about it. it's like as a as a soldier and as a man as a leader <laughs> like it's it's he's <laughs> being more gravitas to it but like the, mm-hmm. that one where it's, it seems like it's more of a stutter uh, or like a typo stutter than it was actually supposed to be yeah it's true <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and then on to part nine the relic nothing part ten the fury nope epilogue the knock and I'm done so. On to uh, Mikey, the East Ends for Evil, your grammar acquisition. All right. I have a conjunction junction. Okay. And next stop, conjunction junction. Doot, doot. Part one, the dream. It hurts. It was the dream again. The same dream. It burns, but that's just fine. It's cold, but that's just fine too. It's brewed in Pennsylvania. It's just a job, albeit one with a good salary and better benefits. It serves two purposes. Pay the rent and keep me in booze. It didn't. It sets very early in the day now, and the shadows are already long. Part 2. The Storm So tired. It's coming. It's arrival. And the loss of power to the building seemed too timely to be mere coincidence. Its head snaps forward, its incredible red, blood red eyes fixed directly on the door, concealing me. Part 3 The Monster. Or even half a ticket. And I used to call myself a soldier, but you can do. Little soldier boy. Part four. The darkness. But, like tonight, if my thoughts happen to turn to that time, to that place, to that thing, it's always surprising to me how loud gunshots really are. It must have shown in my eyes. Dre's cries quietly to soft, helpless whimpers. But they've never done that before, even with that murder a couple months ago. Part 5. The Friend But then what in blazes did you do to yourself? It's fine. Shouldn't even need stitches. It's a sh my house, you pizza. 
But right now, in your condition, you really don't have much a choice in the matter. It's obvious that Gabe isn't going anywhere, and that I'm in no position to do anything about it. But maybe a part of the truth will be enough. And I almost killed one of them. But then my gun was to his head. And I thought, just for a second, how easy it would be. And what's that? And on the flip side, that you've snuffed out the potential of another person. Everything they could have ever been, gone in an instant, by your hand. But I do now. And you know what I did? But in the end, it wasn't. It was facing the anger, Mike. Facing the rage and the fear. The tale. And before that, when he wanted plywood for his checkpoints, that he ended up selling for a profit. It's always important with that asshole. But he says he'll only talk to you. So I figured there was at least a chance it might be worth my interest. But I would ask that you not make jokes at the expense of the dead. It's four hours after my conversation with Tahir, and I'm riding shotgun in my mine-resistant vehicle. Or crazy. It's twilight, the moon just starting to peek up over the horizon. But going in on half-blind intelligence, and with the insane stories Tahir's spouting, I'm not too keen facing monsters in the dark. It took me a little while to decide whether or not I was going to, but ultimately I'd rather they have an idea of what we might be up against. It's like traveling down a narrow hallway, walled with sand. It's anyone's guess what's at the other end. It is the mouth of hell itself. But here's the thing. So, I'll give you a choice. Part 7. The Cave Its stomach has been ripped open and huge chunks of the guts seem to be missing, almost as if something has been eating it. But the rational part, the one I've spent years training to perform under incredibly stressful situations, disagrees. But on the other hand, there's no telling where this tunnel goes, or if there are other exits the creature could use to escape if we destroy the entrance we came through. And by my estimation, the best way to do that is to shoot the fucker until it's in too many different pieces to be a threat. And I think in different circumstances, perhaps a good friend. But I'll do my best not to judge him too harshly until we find the thing that did this. 
It will be my absolute pleasure. But remember what we agreed to, sir. Part 8. The Beast It resembles nothing so much as some kind of giant centipede crossed with a sea monster. The segmented sections of its body protected by a shiny carapace. Its multifaceted eyes stare at us with a keen intelligence and an almost human malevolence. It can only be the noise of the creature's passage. It will surely be coming for us next. It's no good, sir. And Troy told me about the deal he was going to make with you before coming in here and made me agree to back him up on it. It's like you told Cook. This thing needs killing at all costs, and that's more important than you, me, or anyone else. But you've got to make it out, sir. And one other thing, sir, for me. It's for my ex-wife and the kids. Just, if you get out, could you make sure they get it? And don't tell them what happened. It's been a pleasure serving you. Uh, serving with you, sir. Part 9. The Relic It startles me so badly that I almost fall over backwards, inadvertently dropping the stone which falls to rest upon the tunnel floor. Or you're just losing your damn mind, Landry. It's similar to the urge that drew me this way in the first place, but it's undoubtedly stronger. It's not that I can lay out a specific path, but more resembles how a person walks a familiar route while thinking of other things. The subconscious mind takes over. And we need to get the hell out of here. And this thing, we can't stop it with anything we have on us. It's smart. It didn't know which path we were on, but knew we'd go for the entrance. It's lived down here, probably knows all the different ways through these tunnels. It circled around us to set a trap. It's different, Sergeant. It's not just an animal. It's waiting for us, and we are going to walk right into it. If we don't, it's our only chance. It hurts. Part 10. The Fury It's Sergeant Troy pulling me backwards up the tunnel by my body armor. Its hunt is at an end. It roars in fury and reels back slightly before recovering, whipping my platoon sergeant like a rag doll and slamming him first off one wall, then the other, again and again. Its voice is harsh, like a bandsaw cutting through metal, and sounds utterly wrong coming from such a being. So I do. 
Its eyes are melted and blinded by the fire. Its rage the only thing driving it forward. It is moving far too quickly, gaining ground far too fast. It's over. But we have to move. Epilogue. The Knock. It's still a terrible thing to think about, but maybe Gabe was right. By facing my fears, I may eventually be able to conquer them and come to grasp come to grips with what happened. It was about two weeks later when I woke up screaming in a military hospital in Germany. It was another three days before I was calm enough for the doctors to remove the restraints and crippling self-doubt. But I always came back to the dreams and the screaming and the scars. But that was never found. It's possible they simply missed it in the wreckage, or that it was somehow destroyed in the blast, but in my gut, I know that's not the case. It sounds crazy, but she contacted me under the blue before everything started to happen. It's a computer printout of a photo of an object lying on a table. It's grainy, but there's no mistaking the round stone about the size of a half dollar, smooth but for the slightly raised bump in its exact center. Finn. But what was it? <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was like basically like a, a an even an even like somebody like took my paraphrasing and just like and fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> um i also i also liked uh the, the the part at the end is like it's like uh the the except all i know is the scars and the screaming and the pain but they never found it in the wreck <laughs> i was like wait what <laughs> like phantom pain or phantom scars yes, um yeah. also i don't think i heard you say like like that like he was this was that like the the iraq stuff was a was a flashback so it kind of says like like after he hang, hung out with uh after he uh, got a uh, little talk from uh gabe he went to iraq to face his demons <laughs> and that all this is what and then so, like and then two weeks it, that was two weeks ago from like the now at the end of the story well, also did, i don't think he mentioned iraq at all so that just all happened in the same town oh yeah yeah, yeah fair yeah <laughs> also when he was talking with gabe um there was stuff happening and then all of a sudden He's talking about putting a gun to someone's head, so it kind of sounds like he's putting a <laughs> yeah. gun to Gabe's head. Yeah, as Gabe so I heard that to talk him down. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, like the monster, like uh, had like a horrible voice and like it, like said like a bandsaw, and so I I I I was it or I did it or something. And then it's like, and the creature's eyes were burned from the fires, and uh, and was uh, letting out a horrible like roar, and it's like. So, so it's talking is just like, or it's like a high pitched like roar of pain, or like it's talking through the through, like through anger because like of I guess the gunfire on its eye that like killed its eyes because <laughs> like you don't we don't really hear anything about like the, the the purifying flame from the relic and Mike. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You lose a lot of context when you grab a bunch of sentences that start with words that they probably shouldn't, like it's ends or butts, and read them back to back for sometimes hilarious results, which is what Mike does here. <laughs> 
Because those better words to use. <laughs> that being said, a lot of those were in dialogue. So like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, so I mean, we we understand. Like, you had a we have a quota to meet. Yeah, definitely, but... definitely. <laughs> you get you get desperate <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but did you want it to get in without the dialogue? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I have another hour to spare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, all right well uh gamer uh do we have a grammar in yellow a little bit okay all righty so uh first one's in chapter one all these extra precautions might seem a bit much but overbrook makes up for it it's insanely cheap rent with an even more astounding crime and murder rate so i'm curious if this is a flub because earlier on it said that it was havenbrook prep school out of philadelphia or is it so is this meant to be havenbrook or is it like the town of overbrook and havenbrook is a school in overbrook i so i i, I took this out of my notes but um because i i realized like it's probably superfluous but i did look up like so haverbrook doesn't exist like the prep school yeah it, I, as far as i could tell as far as i like when i was havenbrook, looking it up it does is it havenbrook or haverbrook haven okay havenbrook doesn't exist Overbrook though does. Oh, it is, it is a actually. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Haverbrook doesn't exist uh, as a as it's as far as I know, it's a fictional prep school for the story. Um, Overbrook though is a neighborhood outside of just outside uh, like incorporated or just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah, I I had the same issue because like or like there's a couple of times like down like as I was reading, I was like. That's supposed to say Overbrook or Haverbrook or Haverbrook. Did he? We just get like a typo, and then like I looked as like, no, that uh, these are he's he's leaving Overbrook to go to Haverbrook, which is like probably like another like air, in in a separate part because he has to take a train to get there. So he's leaving. He he's he's oh, he's right. leaving his oh apartment. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. He, so he lives in Overbrook <laughs> and goes to Haverbrook. <laughs> Haverbrook School, which is in a different town. It takes or a train it, to get to, unless it is in the same town. No, well, it's it, it, well, not a subway or nothing. I don't know. Yeah, it's a train. So, and also, like, it's uh, it says Haverbrook is on like uh, just like it's not actually in a town per se. It's just like kind of uh, off the off a off a highway um outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. So yeah, it's it may not even be a town or anything. It's just like the te- the name like the 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 school itself um is just called Haverbrook for whatever reason. Okay. Um, like I did try looking up, like I couldn't find Haverbrook. I couldn't find Haverbrook Prep School, like anywhere near Philadelphia. So, mm-hmm. best of my my guess is that we have a. It's just a fictional location. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Sorry, I just I, I was like, oh, I can help. I can help. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your excitement. Um, yes. thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But I'll move on. These are woods from the darkest fairy tale. These are woods that are alive. And alive is capitalized for some reason. That is odd. Yeah, I don't know why it's capitalized. I, also, like mm-hmm. <laughs> these are woods that are alive. That is generally the state of forests. <laughs> but okay. I, 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 I think it is trying to like, like these are alive, like like with like dangers or something like that. I don't know. Maybe might just just or be using it for like music. emphasis. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the the woods are alive with the sounds of screaming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but again, I don't know why that's capitalized. Probably shouldn't be. Moving on. 
Okay. Uh, next one's all the way to chapter six. I glance over at Robinson, my driver. I feel like the way that it should be laid out is that I glance over at Robinson, comma, my driver. Yeah. Instead of Robinson, I, my driver. Yeah. Well, his, his name is clearly Robert, my driver. <laughs> like, Robertson's his first name for some reason. My is his middle name, and Driver is his last name. Yeah, that's what it kind of felt like. Really. <laughs> yeah. He's weird, but moving. <clears throat> I can't very well ask you to go down the scary, dark monster hole if I'm not willing to, and besides, I grimace, leaving two men per truck, blah, 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 blah. So again, same kind of correction as before. I feel like it needs a comma in there. Yeah. Because it reads like I'm if I'm not willing to and besides instead of uh, down the sc- dark, scary monster hole, if I'm not willing to and besides ellipses, you know, like comma it out and then ellipses. Cause he does continue his thought after that, after he grimaces. That is true. Mm-hmm. After he turns into a, a giant purple monster that likes uh, shakes from McDonald's. <laughs> For a second, I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, the grimace. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, yesterday Game Grumps put in an episode of them playing some like grimace video game. Of course. That's oh, we'll get we'll, we'll get to con- connective tissues time. Oh no. <laughs> okay. But moving on. Chapter nine. The geometry is too perfect to have been formed by nature and must have been man-made. The uh the spelling of man-made should have a uh, dash in between. Okay, yeah. Just simple typo. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. Well then, on to actual thoughts. So, gonna start with part one, the dream. Gonna start with the image from part one, the dream. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, a brooding misty forest would work for the latter part of this part. <laughs> um, but the trees are specifically referred to in the story as deciduous with fall colors, Ooh. not coniferous pines, which is what is shown in the photo. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah but they're not all gonna be that, you know. No, no. But like, the, like if you look at that 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 forest, it is all pines. <laughs> There's very little deciduous trees. But the picture's nice. <laughs> I, it is nice. I, I will grant you that. It, it is it is good. It is it is a nice moody p- picture. It's just not terribly accurate to the description of the forest from the story. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. But uh, I will. I'm gonna I'm ba- gonna basically have an an image segment for each part of my actual thoughts. By the way, so fair enough. Um, okay. But but I'll uh, I'll start. I'll continue on with my actual thoughts for part one here. Um, my name is Michael Landry, and today. I'm a high school history teacher at the Haverbrook Prep School on the main line outside of Philadelphia. And of course, like I said, like like I actually brought up, apparently I did try and Google uh, Haverbrook Prep School and I did not find it. However, there is a Philadelphia. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I didn't know that. I know. You learn something new every day, every, every week with this episode, with the show. Wow. And where is Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, I I I actually didn't is Philadelphia in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I legitimately can't remember. <laughs> wow. Where's Philly? Um, yeah, it is, yes, it is a city in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Google. 
you to just say the United States. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess I, I was going that yeah. broad of ignorance. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> America. Yeah. Um, but also with this with the sentence that I quoted, wait, Michael or Mike Landry? Isn't Shadow Swimmer's actual name Michael Landry? <laughs> Which that's not doxing him or anything like that. Like it's on, it's in his profile in on creepos.wiki. Like when you go to like check out his other stuff and things. And also he goes by Michael Landry or Shadow Swimmer on creepostastories.com with his works. So okay. um then yes. Just to get that. <laughs> you have so, the answer. That's my question. That's so 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 no, my answer is like, that's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> Using your own name as the name of a char- of, of a main character in your story. <laughs> Let's see how it pans out. <laughs> He didn't die yet. No, <laughs> uh, I just thought that was kind of like kind of funny because like it honestly didn't catch me like the when I fir- the like oh, this quote I actually had it, like I caught it later when it's like it was referring to Mike like all the time and then like it's like damn it Landry and I was like wait Mike Landry yeah, I thought it sounded familiar too but I couldn't <laughs> yeah. place it and I didn't bother googling because to check it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah um, but yeah like. I was like, wait, I know, I know that 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 name, and then I got checked as like, yeah, Shadow Swimmer's last name, like Shadow Swimmer's name is Michael. <laughs> nice. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> um, but uh, and I mean, like, that's nothing new. Like Lovecraft and uh, Frank Belknap Long also used like like a lot of a lot of like pulp writers in the past and stuff like that have used themselves as the uh, as the narrator, like even like actual narrator of of their stories in, in the past for uh, having like characters um, be attacked by some kind of unnamed horror or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's something like against the, the, the writer is just like found it funny that they've they made the main character in the story named after themselves, like first and last name. <laughs> but you've never done uh, that in any of your D and D campaigns and such. I honestly haven't. You've been close. <laughs> I've been very close, but I've, I've I I try to like like come up with like a pseudonym or like something that's like similar but not exact. Mm, fair. But anyway, yeah, I am much closer on. than you at doing. This. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are yellow gamer. Just out of my uh, my laziness sometimes, yeah. or lack of creativity. Yeah, as as gamer in yellow plays yellow gamer. Yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll move on to the next part, which is part two, the storm. Uh, so the image again, uh, it works as it does capture the dark locker room space that Mike found himself in, in, in this part of the story. Um, and uh, then I'll go on to the next, qu- the actual quote of the, uh, my, my actual thought here. I actually have a, kind of a blanket mm-hmm. oh, statement yep. to all the, all um, the images, <laughs> all the images. Did you guys find that any of them were spoilers? Not really. I kind of did, but like not enough to write a note about it. I yeah, I yeah. Like the first thing you that catches your eye is the picture, even before you read any of the stuff. That being said, most of the time, uh, when you see a picture, that stuff is happening right now, anyways. Like right at the start, so it's not a super spoiler. I actually have a question for you guys then, because there are a couple of parts in this story that the image was broken was had a broken link for me. Was that the case for you guys as well? No, I saw them all. Okay, so it must have been my computer because, like, I uh, I have a couple of my parts that I'm I, I was unable to see the image <laughs> because it was part five, six, seven, nine, and that's it. So part so five, six, seven, and nine. 
were the ones that were broken for me. Yay. Microsoft Paint, ho! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so I will cut that down and hopefully make it all per- make, like shorten that down so like that whole process of getting these images are not that inconvenient. Truncated. <laughs> uh, yeah, truncated, yeah. But moving on to my actual thought for part two, uh, outside of the image. I'm going to start with this quote here. Michael, a voice cuts through my mind. So tired. Just want to lay here. Ignore it. Michael, you must listen. There isn't much time. Go away. Just a voice in my head. Leave me alone. Events are in motion. The storm is only the beginning. They sent, they sent it for you. Hoped it would kill you. They know you have a role, but they can't know how important you are, or they wouldn't have stopped there. They? Who? What are you? Quiet. There's no time. We have to wait. Oh, oh no. Michael, you need to get up. You need to get out. You need to get up and get the hell out of there. It's coming. My eyes flutter open, disoriented. Can't tell how long I've been out. So, and this whole, like this chapter, particularly like with this, like him getting this weird, like, uh, like voice in his head and like the creature stalking him and some of that. It was giving me serious secret world vibes, like the secret world, uh, the MMO and like the, the, the set, the setting of the secret world. Like this could easily be a scenario where a bee, which in the game, um, a bee is a person who's chosen by mother earth or Gaia to defend it from monsters and such, uh, is called upon to fight monsters, uh, that threaten the world. And then when, with the, with the gymnasium monster scene, um, where the, where a creature is stalking Michael, uh, it could easily be like a filth monster, which in the game, a creature, uh, a filth monster, or the filth is is a creature usually uh, of pure oozing darkness um, that attacks and hunts for eldritch entities called the Dreaming Ones. Um, you know what I noticed just now? Hmm? Yeah, these are basically planeteers. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. They're Captain <laughs> Planet. Yeah, they're, they're the planeteers. Yeah, hello. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the fog that rolls in after the storm, like when when Mike escapes from the gymnasium. Um, much like the filth fog around Solomon Island in the game, The Secret World, mm-hmm. that causes and creates monsters as well. Um, this isn't me saying like Shadow Swimmer is pulling inspiration from the secret world at all. Like this, it's just it's just funny because connective tissues time. Oh, here we go. I have recently been looking up or like looking over the uh, an, an early raw text file of the Secret World tabletop RPG. Um that's coming out from star anvil studios and we'll be doing it we'll be doing some games for one less die our sister podcast plug plug, plug. <laughs> um and then i go and read this story and i was like oh yeah this is super secret world uh fodder <laughs> like it could like to me this could easily be something from the secret world yeah um so yeah my connective tissues time is just like of course it might just be my brain like just connecting two things that I've I just happen to be reading at the same time, but it's been happening too often this this year. So yeah, it was, it's like the entire year. That's yeah, strange. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll move on uh, to my uh, continuing with my actual thoughts uh, with part three, the monster. So the image, um, it's the inside of a train car. So it kind of pretty much just sets up the the setting or the scene for this part. Um, although one, one, my one thing is like the, the image itself, 
it, it seems like it's when, when I was thinking of the train, I was thinking of a more modern train that has a, is a little bit more spacious. And this thing is like way, this is almost, almost like a school bus kind of train car where like, there's not a lot of room, but I guess, yeah, for me, that's the one that I first got a quote unquote spoiler on. Cause at the end of the last one, he said, he's going to try to get to the train and he's going to like hoof it and just run. And then the next one starts and immediately there's a picture of the inside of the train car. So I'm like, okay, okay. without even reading, I know he's going to make it there. That being said, I mean, that's, yeah. there was no struggle to get there. He just made it there. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was just a transitionary watched, thing. So, whether I looked yeah. at the picture or read the first sentence, I would have gotten the same reaction. Yes, he made it. <laughs> so yeah. It's not really a spoiler. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, I, I think it's kind of like superfluous, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I'm going to go in with this thing here and I'm going to try my best guys. Beals is knowing saying that those who can do and those who can't teach, but you can do little soldier boy, little soldier boy can do and little soldier boy will do. If Beals would let little soldier boy do teachings or teaching of histories, you thinks you teaching histories of men, but not histories not write histories, and little soldier boy, not one to teach them. Little soldier boy, one of be- one to being, doing things. Little soldier boys being, doing, if Beals being, letting him. But Beals not supposed, not supposed to being, letting him. No, Be- Beals, not sure if Beals supposed to not being, letting him, if little soldier boy, not being, has it. Little oh. soldier boy, the one supposed <laughs> to being has it, but something being wrong, supposed to being here, but being not, but being here not, where being it, little soldier boy, man, <laughs> Beals's dialogue is a tad of a tongue twister. <laughs> a little bit. That though, for me, it works for something that is not entirely human trying to communicate with a human. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I, I don't hate it at all, uh, but it was just like, I was like reading it. And then by the time I got to the end, I like, I, I visualized the dark helmet as like, everybody got that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and then even like, I think like a, like a sentence or two later, um, straight up, uh, Mike is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, you're <laughs> ditto Mike. <laughs> He is the the reader serve again. Yeah. Um, also, Beals is interesting because like the name of it because it's like I wonder if it's short for Beelzebub, yeah. the, the demon from demonology, um, like the the Prince of Flies, <laughs> um, since he's kind of got like a not a bug motif, but he's like definitely got like a demonic sort of nature to him, or like maybe even just an abyssal kind of nature to him. I mean, there were literally flies around him constantly. Yeah, you're right. There were. There were big. Yeah, and he was like just this disgusting, like caked yeah. up, like uh, appearance. So yeah, it kind of like generally, like when people give Beals above a human form, it's usually this like kind of disgusting slob of a human. Oh, there you go. So also his dialogue, I absolutely read it all <laughs> like Gollum. Yeah, right. It is so Gollum. <laughs> also, just like like there's some of it's just like, huh. <laughs> It was a struggle, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, like it, it it took some time to uh, to figure that out. Yeah. Yes, and that's not to say it's written poorly or incorrectly. No, it's the way the character talks. 
exactly the most genuine time i've ever said that <laughs> yeah no for sure and i actually have i have a little bit thing in a in a later part that kind of helps strengthen my my idea or my uh my overall comment on like the the dialogue choice like the 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 choice of using dialogue like accents and like characterization with the dialogue in the story but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to it in a, in a bit sorry mikey did you want to say something or no uh okay. gamer got it with the okay. golem mention oh, yeah <laughs> beals beals is knowing the, the precious yeah as it soldier boy it, it's talking in first person yeah, really that mm-hmm. Golem is knowing, saying that those are those who can do and those who can't teach. Doesn't he call himself Smeagol? Uh later on, he calls him he calls himself Golem and Smeagol, oh, like okay. kind of intermittently. He also calls him. He also calls himself Precious, like. So Fair. Yeah. it has been a hot minute since I've seen that. Fair. Uh, and moving on to part four, the darkness. Uh, the only thing I have here is the image shows a back alley, like where the muggers confront Mike in the story, which is fine. Though I could have used a little bit more fog, <laughs> since apparently, like the fog was like a lot, like really thick during this this uh, confrontation as well. Yeah, like it followed him home, or, or it followed him home basically. Um, but then I move on to part five, the friend, and so the image for part five is a house. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, exp- I didn't actually think it was going to be a house, like uh, his apartment. I thought it was like, maybe, uh, maybe just cause like, I must've like maybe re- like misread something, but it, it definitely like to me, when I visualized his, his apartment, I visualized like a, like an apartment in like an apartment complex. Not yeah, a, I did too, honestly. Yeah. I don't know um, why though. Maybe just cause uh, he was saying it's a bad neighborhood. So I didn't yeah. assume full on house. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, um, yeah, sorry. I assumed house because of picture. So yeah, <laughs> and I well, I, I didn't have that visual because that, that link was broken for me. So, um, but yeah, I also like it does kind of make sense because um, from what I quickly read in the Wikipedia for um, uh, for Overbrook, uh, it is like one of the older neighborhoods of uh, outside, like in and around Philadelphia. So like it's a, probably like a lot of older buildings and stuff that have been turned into apartments. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll move on to the next thing here. Uh, which is in the same part. Uh, this is uh, uh, when um, Gabe is talking to Mike. Mike, you remember how I told you about Billy dying? Well, there's a part of, you, part of that story I maybe sort of held back a little. Now, don't get, don't be getting all bent out of, out of shape. I don't know you. I, I didn't know you as well back then, but I do now. He shifts in the camp chair, pausing as if to collect his thoughts before continuing. I found him, Mac. I found that son of a bitch that killed my boy. Wasn't hard. Went to a few places. Cops are reluctant to go. Spread a little cash. A few ass kickings. Those fucking animals. Those fucking animals will sell out their own for almost nothing. And then it keeps going and like, so I just want to take a moment here and address the amount of accents and characterization that Shadow Swimmer uses to bring these characters to life around Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, n- again, not a jab or anything. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is awesome. 
and use good um, descriptors to um uh well describe how the accent yeah. sounds right off the bat by comparing yeah. it to like Sam Elliott and such. Yeah. Like even to hear who um like is a, a an Iraqi character but he speaks like fluent English and like it's revealed that like he he could speak fluent English but you could hear the just a hint of a little bit of an accent. And so it's like not like a super offensive like stereotype of the accent. It's yeah. just but like it's there, and like you can as it, as especially as it, as the as he starts continues talking, you can kind of get little glimpses of it, and it's like of like his his native um uh his his native language, kind of try like or like his native accent kind of creeping into his to his fluent English, and it it just works. Mm-hmm. So I, I really liked the um uh the way the dialogue captures like fleshes out these characters for for the reader, um even if sometimes it was like I was I was like definitely like slowing down my reading during these segments just so i could like because i I was actually read most of the story out loud um and just like to to hear it and stuff like that and uh i definitely caught myself like slowing down to like properly like read these lines as the character yeah so yeah really really enjoyed it um then we move on to part six the tale uh so the image is the cave which it works again, just like a, a nice set, like show, showing the setup for what's to come. Um, then we move on to part seven, which again, the, the image is a tunnel, uh, a round tunnel, um, which again, captures what we were expect, kind of expecting the, uh, uh, for the setting or for the set dressing. Uh, and then we go to part eight, which uh, is the image of the creature itself. And it's a cool depiction of the monster. It's illustrated and stuff like that. Um, and it's it kind it pretty pretty well captured what I was what what I was visualizing. Um, there's a few tweaks to the to my own like mental visual that I would have uh, gone with. Like, I think I would have gone with a more of like a like a, a long centipede like serpentine like centipede thing. Uh, whereas like in this one, it almost looks like more of like a like a like a lot. It has like a shorter body than I thought it would. Uh, unless like part of that is missing in the background there. Um, say, can you see the whole body? Yeah, no, yeah, it, it's sort of like to me, it kind of almost looks like a shrimp or like a uh, or like a like a lobster like kind of length rather than a centipede. But yeah, um, the end of it looks like it's just going through like that. Like that's not the end of it, you know? Yeah, that, that that's true. It could just be fading off into the distance. But like um, if it's a centipede, it would continue having legs all the way down its length, right? Yeah. Also, the way it describes the two tentacles that like kind of come off of its chest or like or underneath it, like uh, like squid tentacles, which are like those. Because squids are different from octopuses where they don't have like evenly dispersed like tentacles. They have two very long prehensile tentacles and then they have smaller tentacles for like locomotion and such. I did not and for that. grabbing stuff. Yeah. That's why like, especially in like um, in, in games like uh, Splatoon, <laughs> um, that's why like the, or even like in uh, uh, when, when they're like, uh, that's why like their, their hair tentacles when they're, when they're, when they're kids and not squids, um, they, um, they have like those kind of like bangs on either side of their head. Okay. That's actually the that's actually the 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 pre the grasping like the longer grasping tentacles of a squid, um, and such. But that's neat. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I could have used those kind of it depicted in the story or in in the in the image, um, because I don't think you really see them in the image. Uh, even though they're the ones that do the most damage, <laughs> like just grab a guy's neck, grab a guy's like torso, and just like and just like split <laughs> a couple the of times. Only things that do anything. Yeah, really. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the maw smashed by the, the legs, like when it broke through the wall. But most of the kills were done with tentacles. I believe. 
Well, actually, well, the, well, um, I think um, Barnes gets like just chomped. Yeah, <sighs> like he just gets chomped and then just starts pulling the trigger on the saw. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, that was a. Uh... I, like again, like the combat, like the combat scenes were pretty good in this game, or in in this game, <laughs> it kind of felt like a game, honestly. Like kind of felt like I was playing a little Call of Duty, or like, or like some kind of um, uh, game where you're playing as like military, like it's a, it felt a little yeah. EDF. <laughs> I was like halfway through my my cup my uh my my words, I was like, oh, that's definitely just EDF I'm describing. <laughs> yeah, First, especially with like worse. a giant centipede monster, mm-hmm. which is the- um the best worst video game ever yes it also kind of this also kind of reminds me of jericho or clive barker's jericho by clive barker (laughs) um the uh the one where you play as like spec ops military like supernatural military uh unit that goes into like a middle eastern like ruins and fight like uh crusaded like like old revenant templar and other like supernatural monsters that are buried underneath Mm um yeah so that's it for me for part eight moving on to part nine uh so the image uh is the uh the indentation of like a ring and like a uh, and like a a circle like a circle within a circle kind of indentation that's on the the relic that's described and okay so i'm guessing like that's just basically the focal point for the for the for the the uh the outlet of the energy that it produces (laughs) in people um like the actual the actual relic that's how i like i think it was described like it basically like the energy the, the flames are coming from that circle um yeah it also doesn't like really give too much away like it just shows us a symbol uh that's on the the relic itself it doesn't like it's not like it's giving us like showing us the relic itself so mm-hmm. um and then we move on to the fury which the image is I mean, it's it's a blast of fire. Pretty well illustrates the purifying fire blast that Mike emits from using the relic, um, like both times. <laughs> One could say he fired, he didn't miss. <laughs> then he fired again, and everything died. <laughs> and he, he passed out, <laughs> woke up in a hospital in Germany with a pasta stick in his mouth. He <laughs> really did. You're right. <laughs> um, also, while I'm here, I wanna I wanna say that while each part does capture the sense of uh, like the sense of of this part with its title like it, it, like the title is always it, it does always kind of it, it does fit the the chapter or part that it's it's uh, a title to this one in particular the fury ha- for me anyway when i was reading it it kind of like i i was kind of seeing multiple facets of fury in this like the fury of the soldiers dying and fighting again and trying to protect their their superior the fury of mike the fury of the monster the fury of the relic like so it's like almost like both metaphorical fury and literal fury and emotional fury like all kind of rolled into different aspects of fury in this part mm-hmm. so and like the other again like the other ones give like basically like throughout those parts like you see like the tail it's uh, the cave the beast the relic the darkness all that stuff but it's usually like just one the the one specific fast that it's trying to get across in that part. Whereas this one, the fury is like there's multiple types of examples of fury in this part. So, um, I just really appreciated that. Like I kind of liked that. Um, then uh, we're gonna go with the uh, the next quote I have here. He strokes Troy's head, pulling it back by the hair and baring his neck. Had the Ifrit managed to. End your end your pathetic existence. I would never have had to resort to these more direct methods. With this, 
with his other hand, he removes a large kukri knife from his belt. So I had an inkling going into the story that the creature that we were going to be dealing with was probably somehow tied to the jinn, which, I mean, it's in the Middle East. One of the big folkloric entities in in that area is are, are, are the jinn. Um, like it's mm. it's usually either jinn or you're dealing with ghouls, since that's where the the term ghoul originates as well. And when we get it mentioned, like ifrit, um, which ifrit is strongly tied to jinn. In fact, it's like a sort of like a a stronger version or like a stronger species of jinn or spirit um, overall uh, in in the folklore. Uh, it sort of cemented that in my mind that this was in fact some kind of demonic spirit or that these creatures that are stalking Mike are some kind of like demonic things from hell or something like that. Or that it is uh, the, the free, the term Ifrit is simply a term from the culture that, uh, that, uh, that Tahir is from and it's used uh, and he's using it to attribute to an eldritch entity buried beneath the sands. That isn't actually a, a it isn't actually an Afrit, but it's the best word for it in that culture. Um, specifically when, especially when the creature, when we get this part earlier on in this, in this chapter, uh, um, the creature starts to speak. Its voice is harsh, like a bandsaw cutting through mental, through metal and sounds utterly wrong coming from such a being. Despite that, I have no problem interpreting his words. Foolish mortal, you would stand against the otherborn of the outer dark. We would have ruled this world since... Uh, we who have ruled this world since time immemorial. You throw your shallow life away, but fear not, your sacrifice is, in, is not in vain. I can't Indeed... <laughs> Indeed, ah, ah! <laughs> my eyes, the burning. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that guy's monologue. Uh, yeah, yeah, jump on initiative. Yeah, as I was saying. <laughs> Indeed, this one hungers. Your misguided courage will be most satisfying. Your loyalty most savory. Take pride, little morsel, in the sustenance you give your master. So, um. And then, yeah, El uh, Scorching Ray. <laughs> um, or burning hands? I, actually, I would say, I would, I, would, I would even say it's like, to, not to reference a one less die thing, but like, it would definitely be something where like Captain Solanum, um, his, char his, his character would like combine Smite and Scorching Ray and Burning Hands all together in yeah, one like much. Omni Blast or Omni Attack. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, so um, now, yeah, like, like, so, so getting to this, like saying like, uh, like, so this, this description, this thing, like this thing's speech, this little like monologue it has, um, this could be, this could still be referencing the jinn or the Ifrit uh, of the cultural lore, since uh, in some of the folklore and the, and the scriptures and such like that, jinn were actually the other creation of God parallel to humans. Like God created humans, but they also he also created um jinn. Um so like the other born of the outer dark. Because um I think I think jinn are just like kind of a darker or like they're not like they're not evil, they're not good. There there are good ones and there are evil ones, but like they're they're just basically on on the same level as humans in, in folklore and such. Mm -hmm. 
but the yeah just the fact that it uses like the other born it's like oh so it's like kind of referencing the jinn um as creation of god next to humans um and i mean like that's fine <laughs> but i do love me my eldritch horror getting the getting getting flavored or trapped or trappings with the local culture that has uh, that now resides above it where it where it now slumbers like this sort of the 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 cultural group naming the unnameable horror that lurks beneath it's very like mythosy <laughs> to me mm-hmm. so like this creature like it also doesn't like this creature is like wholly alien in its appearance but it could also be demonic so it's like, sort of like a a double-edged blade like it could be like something eldritch that's just being referred to as an ifrit or it could actually be what an ifrit is in um uh, in the story so yeah. could be so basically like something from the from like uh, the the folklore or something more eldritch or both porque las dos <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i'll move on to the epilogue the knock so the image here um yeah you know what it this one captures the feeling of a new day and a new beginning for mike to me like it's an image of a of a of sun beaming through a, a window in a room and it sort of fits the theme of this this part this chapter this little epilogue because it's like he's waking up fresh from the dream after having the, the, the that flashback and he's like picking himself back up and then this new thing happens where like this woman is asking for his help and so it's like basically a new beginning for mike after the darkness um so i i think it fits uh and then and even literally show, I think it's even described literally in the story, like sun is beaming through into his, into his, uh, his apartment from the window. So it's both a literal and figurative, um, ray of sunshine or new dawn kind of thing. Um, but, uh, and then we get to the, uh, my, my actual quote for this, this, uh, this section, um, thank you so much, Mr. Land Landry. I was afraid you wouldn't believe me. I sigh. Ma'am, I have a feeling the fear hasn't even started yet. Let's let you put the kid down and get you a chair and some coffee. Then you can tell me what's happened from the beginning. Dot, dot, dot. Credits. God damn it! A cliffhanger like that? (laughs) Well, here's hoping this story continues in the next wicker story wicker saga story or like another one down the road like we actually get find out about this other this this uh this character and like their predicament and stuff of like that like i kind of do want to i want to know more but I, I want to like follow mike's like journey from here too i mean I like, we're being told so much already like at this point we have to know everything yeah exactly like this it, it, like this was like a honestly i really lo- enjoyed how like this was kind of a like an origin story for mike basically like that we we get like the full lowdown of his situation up to this point. Mm. Um, so yeah, I gotta, I gotta say here at the end, I wasn't expecting the, uh, also, uh, also regarding the story itself as a whole, uh, at this point, I wasn't expecting the turn from the present day in the first. So like in the first five cha- uh, chapters or parts, it was like cell set in the modern day and kind of like having this creature attack, uh, cra- attack and, uh, or stalk Mike and some of that until he gets home. And then, after he's done talking to Gabe, um, we then get another five chapters of a flashback. I wasn't expecting the flashback to be like the rest of the story, basically. Yeah, I thought it'd just be one and done. <laughs> like, but don't get me wrong, I'm for it because like that, like 
was really well to me it was like it took its time to actually build the narrative of what happened three three years ago mm-hmm. so it like all came full circle like it all we all we got like all the context we needed by the end of the story uh of the of the flashback um and now i want to know more because i'm a disney princess and i want to like it ends on a cliffhanger it's like but but what ha- you can't just end it all like that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i was i was here for it basically throughout most of the story like through most of the story i was like i am here for this like it's a long read it chalks in about 45 pages but man is it enjoyable um at least for me i don't know about you guys but um yeah that's the the end of my actual thoughts so uh mikey these stands for evil uh all right well you're gonna hate me i'm sure i am because um well i just found found my second set of notes and i have something that's technically a grammar inquisition so uh i hate you (laughs) you're right (laughs) god damn it all no right. Expects the second coming of the <laughs> no one expects the second Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a couple of quotes here. Okay. Uh, November air grabbed my thermos, throw yesterday's graded quizzes into my valet, and head to the door. Dipping the coffee and the valet under my arms. And the sandwich in my mouth, I punch in the six-digit code to my state-of-the-art security system. So, my issue is that I would have liked it to say Valet Bag. Because when I just read Valet, I assumed he had someone helping him park his car. <laughs> no, yeah. he's he's holding, he he's carrying a valet and held him yeah. under his uh, under his arm yeah. and carried him around. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't I honestly did not realize that Valet wasn't anything other than the guy that takes cars that take and, and parks them. For, yeah, me too. For... I had to spend like 20, 30 minutes just Googling and like asking my dad and shit. Like, what the fuck is this? What do I search for? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe valet bag, uh, like, like adding bag might, might help clarify that a little bit, but yeah, the first thing that came up yeah. was like a little leather, like dish called a valet tray. That you like throw your keys and shit in, like all your pockets yeah. stuff, to keep it like in one spot. But yeah. then through additional Googling, valet leather bag comes up with like a messenger style bag. Yeah. So why didn't he just use messenger bag? Yeah. <laughs> or like portfolio <laughs> bag. Or like or just like I gra- I, gra- I put it all in my my uh my 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 school por- my my work portfolio kind of thing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I've never. I don't. For sure. I'm thinking back mm-hmm. on my college years, and like I'm trying, I'm racking my brain for memories of like, did, did I ever hear like my 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 school bag or like my uh, like my like the little like brief not briefcase but like little like the ha- the the laptop bag that I used for school and stuff was it ever referred to as a valet bag? Depends like if you had a valet bag or not. Maybe I, I don't know. It's, it was, it's like a specific yeah. type of bag. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 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 It's like yeah. what so you would it's... see Indiana Jones put paperwork in. Yeah, or documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. documents yeah. are paperwork, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, I just, you used the paperwork as like a document sounded cooler. Oh, 
<laughs> in my head. I'm sorry. Fair enough. But can, continue, Mikey. All right. So, uh, my next thought here, I have a quote. Sounding like a cross between Sam Elliott and Ernie McDermott. McDermott. I, know one of, I, I, yeah. I do only know one of those those voices. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that that's the thing. Like, uh, I didn't know either of the voices, and I tried googling, and I couldn't, for the life of me, find the ver- their voices. Oh, really? So that a single really didn't help me. Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott is literally the voice of of a uh, of a car company with the or a truck company. What the hell is Ram Dodge? Like, or is it Ram? Well, it's a, yeah. It's it because like he he narr- it, like I've definitely like there's like in the last couple of years like he's been the voice of like of like um uh I think built for t- uh, tough or something like that like yeah. the. One of those ones, or he's also like, yeah, basically he's from Tombstone. Like he's like the ultimate, like ca- old old cowboy actor. He's the dude with the <laughs> yeah. big bushy mustache. Yeah, I haven't watched Tombstone, so that's <sighs> we need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, gamer. We're going over to uh, Mikey's uh, lair. We're watching oh, Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do that, let's continue. <laughs> So, um, my uh, next uh, thing is, uh, I was wondering if there's going to be foreshadowing uh, because of this quote. The official seal is carved into the peak of the entryway arc. Its motto, mens corpus animus, proudly emblazed beneath. To which I'm like, is this story going to be about animated corpses? AKA zombies, and then we didn't get zombies. No, <laughs> we got demon creatures or the spawn of eldritch horrors, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. And when I saw that listing, I'm like, um, obligatory uh, Warframe reference here. The Corpus are an enemy faction in that game. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next thing when we get the in part two, when we get the monster in the uh, in the school, uh, we don't get a very good description of it, other than it's tall. And as I watch, it raises its head as if sniffing the air. And just the descriptions made me think Jurassic Park and a Utah raptor. Yeah. <laughs> it did kind of come off as like the beat, like it's like a bi- bipedal, but it's also like very like, yeah, dinosaur-y. <laughs> yeah, but that was my visual until we get to part three, and then we get the quote: "God, he and that monster aren't connected. They're the same fucking thing." Uh, Twitch, my replies. So no Utah Raptor. Boo. Well, it could have been a Utah Raptor like form in because it did sh- it does shape change. Yeah. It is capable yeah. of shape changing. So it could have been a Utah Raptor like monster in the gymnasium hunting him. I'd say it's more of like a Pennsylvania Raptor at that point. I hate you. I hate you so much. 
<laughs> get out. Okay. No, don't. Get that uh, sound effect ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's gone. Thank God. All right. And, okay, here's something that's going to jump around a little bit. So in part four, he says, or the, the quote is, it's always surprising to me how loud gunshots really are. And then later in the story, they're in an enclosed cave shooting rifles. <laughs> and nobody's <Yeah>. deaf. <laughs> well, they, well, in the military, they, yeah, I was gonna say, like in the military, like like that is like they do have ear protection for for gut for for shooting and some of that. So yeah, yeah, but again, you're in an enclosed cave, so it's even louder than normal. But um, again, they're not unprotected, though. Yeah, they're uh, they're part of the U.S. government, man. <laughs> like that that massive in, military industrial complex is top of the line gear. Hence why they have night vision goggles. <laughs> like, a buddy of ours has um, earphones for, like, his uh, phone that have, like, noise-canceling stuff for loud noises that you could use as ear protection. So, like, we could easily buy them. So the government absolutely has them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just... it. Would have been nice to, you know, mention ear protection or <laughs> something. Honestly, you're not wrong. Like when <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. I forgot how loud it is. Then it could be like, thank God we have ear protection at least. Yeah. 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 It's like when yeah, it even like, it, it, he's yeah. like shooting out in the street, right? Not in the cave. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. at that point, no, he did not have ear protection, and you're right. No. But, but all the cave and in the shit. cave. Yeah, and in the cave, it could have also, like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we can't, like, it's like, even with our ear, our ear protection, I can't, even though I can't hear the creature fully, I can feel it, it's like, it, it th- it's vibrations, because it's that big. So, you could, you could have that, I suppose. Pretty much. Also, I don't know everything 100% in regards to ear protection, how it works, but if yeah, it's, like, noise-canceling stuff, it doesn't make you deaf. Like, okay, I I know I I I wasn't sure either. So like I I don't know if it is I, it, like it would electronically be... controlled ear protection. Yeah. Then as a loud sound comes in, it gets triggered and blocks all sound that goes to you for that oh, that's split second. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't know how high tech. Like again, like I mean, I I it's the I mean, Amer- no, the American military. Place in. Well, it takes place in uh, like three. Well, yeah, whenever I guess whenever the story was written. Per, per, you know, honestly, that's that's one hundred percent. No, that is one hundred percent accurate. Like, it, I it could be in the early two thousands, or it could be the Gulf War, which was in the nineties. So, yeah, um, because it's like they're in Iraq, so it's either in the early two thousands or it's in the early nineties. Pretty much. <laughs> either way, yeah, I think we beat that horse enough. Yeah, I think so. Hang on. <clears throat> All right, good. <laughs> We are now enemies with PETA. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Everyone is, though, so it's fine. Yep. So my, my next quote here is about the relic itself. So I'll take a quote from the epilogue. 
It's grainy, but there's no mistaking the round stone about the size of a half dollar. Smooth, but for the slightly raised bump in its exact center. And then I have the quote from earlier, which says, Immediately upon leaving my hand, the markings fade away, the stone laying on the ground like any normal piece of rock. Okay. So. Gotta stop. It, Continue. Sorry. So it looks like a normal piece of rock on the ground. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when he looks, when it's in his hand and he looks at it, upon closer inspection, I see the same type of symbols that have been etched along its outer circumference. So that, that's in the photo? He's, no. Okay. No, that's when he has it in his hand in the cave. Gotcha. So when he has it in his hand in the cave, it has symbols. When he drops it in the cave, it just looks like a normal rock. Yeah. So how does he know when it, there's a grainy picture? It's not the inscription. That there's no mis- mistaking the round stone as the relic. Because okay, the so... picture could probably just... The, uh, here's the problem. The picture isn't described well enough. If the picture <laughs> was the, the relic being held in someone's hand, then the, the lights would be on. Well, maybe depends if if it has to be the chosen one or something or not. But yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think it's not saying that the inscriptions are on the photo because like the inscriptions do fade away. The dimple, though, like that 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 indentation on the rock stays there, though. It's just the inscriptions glow be- uh, because of like because uh, of um, its contact with a person. Mm-hmm. So, like those go away, but the the indentations like of the of the that eye or that or that or that 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 circle in uh, on the stone like that would still be there because it's actually like built into the rock itself yeah yeah but lying on the ground it looks like any normal rock well yeah because it would because like when it when it goes when it drops off somebody's like out of somebody's hand the 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 glowing parts fade away and it just becomes looks like a rock like even even that indentation that's like that's still that's, that's what, what rocks saying. have. <laughs> he's saying okay. through a grainy photo of it, if it's not being held by anyone, it would just look like a normal grainy rock. Okay, fair. Right? Yeah, so how do we know that it's in fact the relic? Yeah. Narrative convenience. <laughs> <laughs> or like the plot? what are the odds that <laughs> yeah. this lady happens to just here's a picture of a rock and that knew looks, that yeah. that was something to do with it, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, because she knew to give him a picture of a rock. She, like she knows the context and knows what it is. I suppose, but that's still reaching a little bit. <laughs> we're we're dealing with a story where there's like <laughs> demons chasing after this guy after he fought a cent- giant fuck you centipede in an Iraqi cave. <laughs> so, like, I I my my suspension of disbelief is still um suspended. <laughs> Uh, okay. I feel like it would be better if she actually gave him the relic. Or something. Uh, you know what? That is true. If if he actually given, him, yeah, you know, honestly, that would that would have worked for me as well. I don't think I, she'd I will... be able to slide that underneath the door, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't. Oh, can can you just like slowly? Oh, can you just open the door a crack so I can so I can give you this? She can or, hold it up. Or wait, yeah, or like the guy has a peephole. <laughs> Show it saying. to the people. Yeah, yeah, hold it up to the people with her holding it, showing that the runes are glowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
there's ways to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of my actual thoughts. Okay. Gamer, you're up. I is. Okay. The very first line, I can hear the screams of men and gunfire. I can smell the fear. They know something is in the dark, something strange, something menacing and very, very hungry. So is it just me or like, did that first line cue up like the doom music? Just like reading that? Because it's kind of like yeah. into the narrator guy talking up the doom slayer in the more recent games. Rip and tear until it is done. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter two. Was I struck by lightning? Don't remember hearing any thunder. So what the hell? Uh, so with him being at ground zero to a lightning strike, if that is indeed what happened, with, like yeah. he would technically hear the thunder right away. But that being said, if the strike zapped him and KO'd him, it's possible to just knock him out before a chance to hear anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he, yeah. It's like you have more pressing things to deal with than your body hearing that thunder. Yeah. But I, I think it's more just like because like the supernatural thing or something, that scar now like kind of like is like a warning sign that something is something dangerous is near. Oh, that's how I interpret it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But like in his mindset, I was trying to see if it made sense really. But again, he's just trying yeah. to rationalize something that he can't really rationalize. That's true. Yeah. Although in hindsight, after reading the whole story, he should know. <laughs> Well, maybe this is the first time that's actually like reacted like this. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And then I'll move on. The storm continues unabated. Bathtubs of freezing rain continue to drench my shivering body. It's an interesting way to describe a unit of measure. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I just say it's bad. wrong or anything. Like th- that's why this isn't in my grammar. It's just an odd yeah. choice. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I was like there there was a moment of concern when I read that. I was like, I really hope my my co-hosts aren't going to like. It's like, well, really, bathtubs <laughs> are raining down on people. <laughs> it's like, uh, you guys are just like like um. Uh, what's the word like uh conditioned me to think the worst of you when it comes to like grammar to like literalism in these in these stories how dare you how dare you think that i would say am i wrong i'm going to not continue reading the rest of this note and move on to the next one (laughs) really i mean no i don't go huge into it basically say like i would have went with gallons myself to avoid the silly <laughs> visual of a line of tubs in the sky dumping water onto the sky as he runs. Oh, you visual like the, the levitating, like dumping water. I was visual, like, uh, I'm not going to lie. My go-to visual, before I like, all right, silly aside to the actual story, but my that, that one split second of silliness in my mind was just like, just bathtubs of uh, bathtubs filled with water falling from the sky like oh, rain. Like the entire bathtub is falling to <laughs> the like, ground. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I did not see that. <laughs> that, was, that was for a split second. That's what my visual was. And I was like, no, that's not right. It's like bathtub <laughs> grenades and water bombs. Yeah. Wow. Look who's the silly one now. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. I urge my wooden legs to greater efforts and blessedly make it to my destination. This is in regards to him running away. 
Yeah. So I'm unsure if this is meant to be literal or not, as if he possibly lost both of his legs in his last deployment, because he's an ex-soldier. That's, that's true, yeah. And I, at this point, I didn't really know the time frame. I'm sure, like, before they did, like, carbon fiber and metals and stuff for prosthetics, it would have been wood. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, I get it. It's being used to describe his legs as, like, wobbly or stiff because they're injured. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, limbs like noodles, yeah. <laughs> like just like you you have no they're just deadened because of like exhaustion or like because of injury or something. Pretty much it. Yeah. But I shall move on to chapter three, when a, uh, the homeless monster dude uh, grabbed Mike. Uh, I don't have a direct quote here, but um, it kind of seems like he um he being Michael takes a long-ass time recalling and thinking about several things in the moment. The moment being when um, when the creature comes up and, like, pins him to the chair and just stares at him. For, like, two or three paragraphs, he's just, like, describing stuff, like, without anything happening in real time. Because, like, yes, I get the, that the brain functions quickly, and, like... But it got to a point where I was like, okay, this is taking too long before the creature does anything and then yeah. at, at that point michael proceeds to describe a couple more things even after that it's like two paragraphs <laughs> of description of several different things which is funny because most of the time we like berate stories for like not taking the time to ex- to describe things because you have all the time in the world as a writer in your moments <laughs> but like, now limit, it's like I, I yeah I, it's, it, there's a fine line I like and like i it's enjoyable, but like at the same time, yeah, it's like he's like just like inner monologuing. It's like it's like, are you okay, dude? Like you're just staring into space. <laughs> like and again, I'm he feel- is also like <laughs> paralyzed in fear at this point too. Yeah, like, Beals is feeling uncomfortable right now with little soldier boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little soldier boy just staring into Beals' brain into Beal into Beals' eyes. Most yeah, unsettling. Like, <laughs> what might yeah. have uh, worked better for me is if um, so. Beals goes on a, a big spiel. It's a, yeah. a, a Beals spiel. Right? Yeah, experience um, Beals. <laughs> experience Beals. Um, Sorry. No, it's fine. Has to be mentioned. Um, but like, he, he does a lot of talking. Not that he shouldn't do a lot of talking, because it's great. I love understanding him, 100%. But um, it would be good to break it up with, like, he says something, and then um, Mike describes something, and then he says something, and then he describes something. So it's not a huge block of description followed by a huge block of words. You can kind of mix it up so it kind of feels like it's flowing naturally. Yeah, fair. But that's my opinion. They didn't hate it one way or another because obviously I still like the story, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I should move on. And then just in regards to um, Beals' expedition, expedition, exposition dump, I feel like it was a bit much for a creature who like seems to have a loose grip on the English language. Like it sure loved to talk, you know. Yeah. And like with all that expedition, keep saying expedition, exposition dump. We know that Beals is tasked with getting Michael, but only when he has a certain thing that Michael shouldn't do anything that he's trained to do, and that the attack from the past marked him so Beals can track him. I just realized that the thing he's looking for is the fucking relic. It yes, just me too. Me too. It just, just dawned on. It just dawned on me. Yeah. Yeah. Samezies. Me wow. too. <laughs> Most of me. Hey, it was a long story. I kind of forgot what, why Beals was there, aside from warning, like telling, mocking, mocking Mike that he was uh, he was marked by the dark ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Indeed. 
Yeah. Well, I figured that one out, so I don't well, feel good. Well, you're smarter you. than both of us, I guess. <laughs> Congrats! I'm happy for you. We already knew that, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um basically like all that information that he just got dumped on him could have been explained through the story yeah instead of just like Beals is here to tell you a whole bunch of padding <laughs> to fill out the story a little bit more so you know more. <laughs> even though like he shouldn't be telling him these things because it's helping him it's helping mike understand what is going on and what to do to combat this even though he doesn't do any of that um yeah, it's weird that he's trying to help. Meanwhile, he's just there to get him and steal something off him. Yeah, but Beal, but he doesn't have the thing. So Beal's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just go like, oh, you don't have it? Okay, um, bye. Punches him in the face and runs away. <laughs> or just, just evaporates into flies. <laughs> yeah. Or does some something to like make him forget or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because he is God knows what. But I will move on to chapter four. I have been home for two hours. I am unbelievably drunk. I dropped the empty bottle from my hand to join its relatives on the floor. From the look of things, it's a family reunion. Attendance is high. That's a fun description for that. Really but, is. I yeah. love it. <laughs> but upon reading that, I'm like, I don't know if drinking would have been his first choice. Because like he was just going home to like arm up and prep himself after dealing with uh, mules, and then immediately he's drinking. Later on, well, we'll he started, he started this is after the yeah. fact. Yeah. Because yeah. it's told not directly in order, but at the time I was confused. Yeah. Because like it says, like that is a, a coping mechanism to try and like forget. <laughs> if you see something, say nothing and drink to forget. Sure. But I'll move on. Yeah. So um, he talks about his uh, struggle with the robbers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, let's see what you got in the bag, man. Uh, <laughs> see if you got some money on you. Oh, my so God. You, so you started to remove the, the valet strap from my shoulder. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he has a strap on it. Yeah. We know more about the valet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, George. I have to hand you to these people. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> Uh, a moment later um, he was sitting down on the ground hand clamped to his mouth blood seeping through his fingers one of his teeth lay next to him on the wet pavement I stared at him in surprise looking down at my own hand knuckles bleeding I realized I'd hit him as the doom music kicked in (laughs) back to doom again like this section specifically the events that follow pretty accurate because he just kind of deals with them real quick yeah he he just kind of goes into like onto autopilot like and just like his training and like his like the uh, the years of being a soldier just kind of kick in. <laughs> I wonder if it is fully that, or if it is partially like some like fuckery with the um the relic that happened to him. Yeah, the, uh, the, the relic, or maybe yeah. even the or maybe even Beals or the fog or something. Because the fog seems like it's some kind of a... messed with him. God knows what's actually. <laughs> it's like oh, okay. he's just being spiritually pulled apart <laughs> by like three or four different things. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. After also, um, after this is all said and done with the robbers, yeah, he just leaves Dre's handgun on the street for anyone to use across the street. So yeah, like some some random like kids gonna like, oh cool. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> he should yeah, have either no, taken it, no good, or like taken the bullets out of it and given Dre 
back the empty gun, maybe like with Michael like keeping the like taking the slide off the gun so he can't like load up and fire at him or like hurt yeah. anyone else. He has to go buy a new slide before he can use the gun again. Yeah. Because if he takes the gun, then he has a stolen gun on him. Yeah. That he would get in trouble for. But if he just disassembles it, then he can't use the gun and Mike doesn't have a full gun to have a problem with the authorities with. That's like the safest option, I would think. Yeah. But yeah. Move on to chapter five. Uh, this is the the friend one, I believe, right? Yeah, the friend. Yeah. Um, I like the light mix of comedy mixed into like this serious and very intense scene. Because like the drunk speech mixed with some like light banter between them did soften it a little bit, but it doesn't like overtake it to make it silly. Like it's a good and natural way. Um, yeah. how that would actually go down. Yeah, and, like, and then this it, whole part shows like how good of a guy that Gabe is. Yeah, that yeah, emotional like, pep talk was so good. Yeah, it was like it was damn near a tearjerker, honestly, with like like Gabe yeah. like talking about his past and everything. Yeah, like two two very like macho men having a heart to heart, um, like and actually like sharing their yeah. like the, what. and now gabe will be played by the late (laughs) macho man randy savage (laughs) with a with a texan accent because like that's kind of what that accent reminded me of is like go ahead and try that (laughs) i need i need a line hang on snap into a slim gym (laughs) well snap into a slim gym there (laughs) well i got the texan part but where's the, the macho man part of that you have to combine them both well they're snapping to a slim gym that's kind of uh, there, actually. <laughs> kind of. Hang on, I got. I got to find one of his lines. Hang on. Oh, uh, hang on. I'm. You did this. <laughs> you talk about the cream always rises to the top, cream of the crop, and all that. <laughs> Back when I was a boy, I was the cream of the crop. <laughs> it's really hard uh, combination, but you kind of. Yeah, it really it. is. <laughs> uh, it's like you're doing way better than I thought you would, but this is also. Hang, hang on, hang on. It's uh, like, huh? Good, but then. What in the blazes did you do to that? Your to do to yourself? That's a pretty nasty gash you got on your noggin there. Slapping to a slim jim. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Slapping in, slapping in a slim jim. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeehaw. <laughs> oh yeehaw. <laughs> oh yeehaw. There you go. Oh, we God. did it. We, we've done it. Uh, <laughs> this is what the audience comes for. Sure, it is. Why not? <laughs> we love you, people who listen. Seriously. I'm surprised you guys do, but I appreciate you. Every, every single one of you, <laughs> all two of you mm-hmm. that are still listening. But I'll move on to chapter yeah. six. I am still unsure exactly what to believe of the rest of Tahir's story. I've known the man long enough to be sure that something happened, but God, I hope he's lying to me. This is in regards to like his um, entire platoon being killed. Uh, yeah. To hear his uh, like, group. I hope he's lying to me. We're crazy. Bandits and... Uh, I didn't figure out how to pronounce uh, uh, that. Uh, I think, yeah. I... I'll say Bathiste, and I will be wrong. Factions yeah. are one thing. Uh, living nightmares that slaughter and eat your men in front of you, that's something else. And then it goes to the next line. It's Twilight. My men went to a midnight screening of it, and none of them walked out alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mark me vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I couldn't see anything else when <laughs> the first line I saw was it's Twilight after it's talking Twilight. about that. <laughs> about like the monster that yeah. t- they took out to Here's Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And moving on. So Mike brings up a squad of guys. He brings a squad of guys down monster hunting, as he calls it. Uh, he mentions how he told them what Tahir told him. And they're going in assuming that's like, like that there's actually a monster there. They're going there to kill the monster. And because yeah. of that, on the ride over, I expected some banter on the trip over, akin to like the helicopter intro ride in Predator and like a yeah. million other movies like it. Uh, but on the contrary, the story state uh, says that everyone says. On the contrary, the story says that everyone has like shut up during the ride, and they normally do have banter, but this time they don't. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. There's, yeah, because it's like there, there's a gravitas to it. Like, it's like not only has this thing supposedly taken and, and presumably like harmed or killed children, according to if Tahir's story is true, it wiped out fifty guys. Yeah. <laughs> So like they are, it's a little bit of, it, they're actually taking it serious. Like, and it's like a somber, like, all right, let's keep quiet. Cause like, not only do we have like to worry about like regular dangers, like human dangers in the desert. We also may have some weird other thing that like to hear keeps talking out about. So, well, the way I saw it, the reason that they were being quiet is simply just the fact of driving at night is so dangerous. Like yeah, nothing to do with monsters. Just like the human enemies out there could attack them. So like they all need to be paying attention and being quiet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like they have to be yeah, like they don't want any unnecessary noise being uh, like alerting people to their presence. Like that's why they all they have all their lights out except for yep. to hear's pickup truck. Yeah, and um, it's a good way to raise the tension here, even though the mm-hmm. tension isn't because the monster itself itself. Um, sorry, even if the tension isn't because of the monster itself, the tension is still raised because of how concerned everyone is. Yeah. So it's better than most stories where like a monster's dropped and they just like don't even really seem to react to it or they just there's no tension in most stories, but there was a lot of tension in this one, like through the whole damn thing. Yeah. Which was really good. Mm-hmm. But um at the end of that section, uh chapter six, I'm glad that by the end of it Mike mentions that he thinks this might be a trap. Yeah, I had a feeling on the ride over that Tahir might be just trying to like take over the outpost and stuff. Yeah, I was, I was honestly like, there was a moment I was like, oh man, Tahir's actually not a bad guy. And then the end is like, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. Like, I I kind of believe I trusted you, Tahir, for a moment. (laughs) I went on a roller coaster ride of trust. Yeah. Like, I immediately did not trust him and then when he went actually went down there with them and like he was scared he ran away and everything like oh, okay i feel bad for him now i guess i trust him yeah and then the t- like they get back to the tent it's like why why is everyone like there's nobody there it's like oh fuck and then yeah. like i i was actually not even thinking to hear i was thinking oh they just got killed by the uh oh uh, the monster uh, another monster showed up or something and took out the, the the outpost and then the explosion thing and then like he blacks out and like wakes up and it's to hear is like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah what a dick yeah Though his uh, sorry, uh, we're, we're we're skipping ahead, but like uh, on your on your notes, I'm sure. But um, on that part, it's like 
it also you kind of also kind of get it. It's sort of the same th- like why to hear like betrayed them is because he wants the Americans out of his fucking country. Yeah, <laughs> and like that happens a lot in like uh, I, I've seen it a couple times in in like Cthulhu games and like Cthulhu scenarios is like oh why are these like poor oppressed like peoples becoming cultists to like an eldritch horror and sacrificing like children or sacrificing people to it to like kill off the dictator and the, his government and of their country and oh i understand now why <laughs> like they it's it's they become cultists out of desperation because of their situation in uh from from a, a mundane horror of like humans being dicks to each other pretty much yeah and i kind of like i kind of like think that's kind of the the situation here is like to hear was getting sick and tired of the americans coming into his country and fucking shit up so it's like fuck it i'm gonna make a deal with an eldritch horror or a supernatural thing to try and i don't care how many kids i gotta sacrifice to it uh as long as i get them out of my fucking country mm-hmm. yeah so it kind of makes sense it does you, yeah i'm not i'm not I agreeing with that. <laughs> yeah i'm not <laughs> condoning or agreeing with to hear or that kind of cult behavior but like you get it yeah <laughs> it's wrong but you get it mm-hmm. <laughs> But sorry for hijacking your your section. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's what we're here for. This is a discussion podcast. It is. On to chapter seven. Uh, This is when they get through the caves, um, which is very much EDF. Honestly, there are many levels in EDF where where you are going through a cave that is just a huge series of tubes that you go down to um, inevitable defeat at the bottom. And though, speaking of, when they get to the bottom, I was under the impression that they were trying to be quiet. Yeah. And they just <laughs> loudly start talking and even shouting at the end with one of them being like, there's something in the water. Hey, guys. <laughs> like, I, I did baseball. Billy? Yeah. Because <laughs> at this point, they're essentially hunting an animal. Yeah. And the element of surprise is Basically, all you have in most ca- most uh, cases when you're hunting. Yeah. If you don't have the element of surprise, then it's either going to hurt, kill you, or it won't be there for you to hunt. And yeah. guess which of those two happened in the story? Uh, yeah, they got they got killed with extreme prejudice. Yeah. Actually, I mean, yeah. not that it would have changed anything, but it just would have been a little bit more realistic if they were quiet and they like snuck up on it and. Like it's like just like laying in the water or something, and then they just set up, create an ambush, and then all attack simultaneously. They would still and it all still die. does nothing. Yeah, and, and it's like and it still does nothing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like yeah, see, yeah. it would raise the tension even more to just seeing it there, and that and like they have to like plan what to do. It's like fuck. Okay, we need to get in position and do all this and set up before that thing wakes up and sees us. Like and like have a dude like trip over a rock and have the rock like yeah. roll down into the water and go like. Whoop! And like, yeah, you know, and shit. there's lots of ways that you can make that super, super tense, and they just don't. Yeah, it's also like the way this creature is, is like it's effectively the equivalent of um, a Delta Green game where your agents, like the, the agents ask, is like, all right, so we're in, we, we go to a, a, a green bar, a greenhouse, which is like a Delta Green cache, like where agents can get equipment and stuff. I don't think it's, and it's greenhouse. like, what? Greenhouse is where you grow plants. No, well, that they, well, it's because like green, well, okay, the Delta Green Green Box. Sorry, Green yeah, Box. It is That's box, right. Yeah. I was yeah, just so saying, I was just the wrong word. Yeah, my bad. Green box. Yes. Um, but they're most the the reason I, th- I thought it was houses is because most green boxes end up being like 
a foreclosed house or a house that they that they've bought on the cheap or like um, oh, a storage always, unit kind of thing. Again, I don't know much about Delta Green. I thought it was always just like a cargo container full of shit. Well, it's sort of it's sort of a, a le- well because it's like um like it's from the 90s where like the the Delta Green organization was an illegal conspiracy within the government. So like the government didn't actually didn't actually condone any of the shit they did and in fact would target them and like get rid of them or whatever. So they were the, called the cowboys. So like they were on the run from the government as well as uh from civilian uh, organizations and such. But uh, so they they go use they use tradecraft to like again like rent out or buy storage units or uh, cargo containers or like old houses that like were had really were really cheap to rent out and they'd use those as like green boxes and they just like check in on them every so often. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's like in in this scenario, it's like the the creatures like like in terms of like the creature versus like the soldiers, it's the it's the equivalent of. Uh, your 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 game master <laughs> saying, yeah, you can you can have that AK the the that uh that armor piercing the, the those armor piercing rounds and those rock that rocket launcher you want that flamethrower you got it buddy and you're just like the more you ask and the more your GM's giving to you you're just like can I have a nine millimeter why so I can put it in my mouth <laughs> yeah I've, we've already lost haven't we it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like. It doesn't matter how many munitions you put in that monster; it's not dying. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it kind of got the feeling for that because, like, I I kind of noticed, like, I, it could have just been like the way they were describing, like the the final the actual, the first assault, like with the ricocheting. I was like, is the are the bullets actually just ricocheting off its carapace, <laughs> and then hitting the rocks and also ricocheting like around the cave? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't described. I kind of have a note on that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can, can I have the reins back? Yeah, uh, hey, here you go. Sorry. Early <laughs> took that into like I'm sorry. Discussion. It's fine. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's fine. But yes, yeah, so we get get to the uh chapter eight where it it's actually describing the creature. creature Segway. Woven from pure nightmare, rearing up out of the pool. The thing's head towers twenty feet above us. It resembles nothing so much as some kind of giant centipede crossed with a sea monster. It's segmented sections of its body, protected by a shiny, shiny carapace. First thing I, I said that, or bleh. first thing I said when I read that and also saw the picture was ADF, uh, is what <laughs> I would be screaming as I start shooting at that thing immediately. And they do do that, at least the shooting. Um, no, they're also shouting, ADF! ADF! Yeah, for all we know, that's actually the name of their, um, their, their section of the the military but probably not but well they uh, were pretty cavalier when they heard there's a monster in a cave by tahir it's like they they it, it kind of like they they were like yes let's bring these let's bring an entire contingent to this cave uh it's like i i was kind of surprised by that but yeah, at the same time i wasn't really to... super down for it maybe yeah they but I I, I, <laughs> I I i think it was like I, I i think they weren't focusing more on like all right to hear like uh, basically uh, Mike rolled his his sense. Uh, well, I guess maybe didn't roll his sense motive yeah. onto here, mm-hmm. um, and 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 believed his his story to the point where, and also like the fact that it's like its kids have gone missing, and like to here's like oh, like fifty to here's men have been wiped out. It's like they were taking it seriously, but they weren't sure what they were go- getting themselves into because they didn't have any information. Yeah, they were viewing it as we're going in to rescue kids. Yeah, like that's what they're doing. So that's where the seriousness is coming in. They probably don't believe that there's actually a monster. 
Yeah, and they do even like say like, "Oh no, dear, you're coming with us, just in case this whole fucking story is, which sounds like bullshit, is actually you just trying to ambush us." <laughs> and it technically was both. <laughs> it technically was both. <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of bullshit, but kind of real. But he yeah. was like, kind of was. He was planning on ambushing them, but not here technically. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. Yes, uh, we'll move here's on. The, here's the rains again. <laughs> the monster roars again as it is enveloped in a storm of gunfire that goes on for the better part of 30 seconds. So this is like the initial like volley of fire that they put on him. So during this whole time, is the creature just standing there as like bullets bounce off? Is it flinching and stumbling from all the shots that are like effectively stun-locking it in place? Are they missing it because it's moving around a lot? Basically, my whole point here is like, the focus is so dead set to talk about the soldiers that we don't see what's happening. This is basically when the predator shows up and everyone just shoots the jungle. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Like it takes until after they need to reload for the creature to do anything. I want to know why. Was it standing there cuz it's like, "Mwahaha, you can't do shit." I... Was it dodging and or was it literally stun locked like what I said, like the bullets were doing something? And enough bullets, it can't move forward from like the amount of bullets being fired at it. But as soon as they stop yeah. firing, it can attack. I definitely side with the idea that it was just like st- like taking it. It's like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. <I'm- laughs> kill me. <laughs> it's on a little bit of a power trip. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like some kind of like abyssal creature that sees itself superior to humans because they're just tasty snacks. Mm-hmm. So. And also in regards to this first combat, it's a little odd that they all run out of ammo at the same time with like a handful of soldiers of different skill levels using different weapons from like a 30 shot M16 to the 200 shots from the M249. Like odds of them all needing to reload simultaneously seems a little low. Mm. Like, yes, they all started shooting at the same time, but some soldiers might have been more hesitant to shoot. Some might have been moving to cover before they start shooting. Some might be fumbling. I also imagine that they're trained to cover each other to reload in firefights, so you don't go out, all go out of ammo at the same time. But all yeah, that being true. said, all that shit might have been thrown out the window when it's face to face with a giant monster, and the only thought is, "Oh God, shoot it!" Yeah, like so they all rolled sand. Way. They they all rolled sand. They all failed. They're all actually like chose, choosing fight uh, fight out of the fight flight or freeze. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they're just like, ah. Oh! Pretty much. But we'll move on to chapter nine. Okay. Regarding the magical artifact, I'm unsure how I feel about it. As it like it brings in some magical element into this story. Like it it was weird enough with the giant EDF monster, but like now we're making like we're we're mixing magic into our fantasy now. What is this? Shadow run? Sorry, Mikey. It's also actually very super uh, secret world again too. <laughs> it's it's it, it does it does kind of lighten up the horror because like if that magical artifact wasn't there, it would just be a very bleak like desperate escape for survival like out of this tunnel and that's fine like I that might have been better but like it's like um I think the author is trying to tie in some like greater like over overarching cosmic forces into this into the story yeah but yeah. Because there's definitely like some kind of opposing forces in the universe of this setting. 
it did just kind of make it too easy for him to get out, though, like finding the magical <laughs> MacGuffin. I mean, it did, but at the same time, it also didn't because the creature also ambushed them <laughs> before they got to the top, the entrance. Yeah, it wasn't a clean escape as soon as he got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not like he led his entire squad out of there. Him and his and the broken body. I'm surprised Troy survived. <laughs> yeah, like up until up until you know the the final finale. But I'm surprised he esca- he he survived the his broken body getting out of that cave. Honestly, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he probably should have died. Yeah, but yeah, and then on to chapter ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start with this quote here. Fuck you! Uh, Troy empties the entire magazine of the monster's face at almost point-blank range. It roars in fury and reels back slightly before recovering. So, I hate to say it, but a rifle at range would be doing a lot more damage than a pistol at point-blank. If pistols were that much better than rifles, we wouldn't have rifles. Because I say that because it's flinching, and it hasn't mentioned flinching ever with the thousands of rounds that they shot at with rifles and machine guns, yet a handgun point blank makes it flinch. I think it's because like he's right up in its grill, like at its mouth where the tender parts are. They shot an M203 grenade into its throat. They shot a grenade in his throat and it didn't do anything. But a handgun point blank (laughs) makes it stumble. And as I said before, a handgun point blank will hurt less than a rifle at range, especially the fact that it has armor. Rifles are made to penetrate armor. A pistol is made just to penetrate flesh. Oh, All right, fair. Yeah. Yes, maybe you found the creature's weakness. You you have to uh, hit it really lightly, and it recoils in pain. Oh That's my god! The, it, it, the bullets you know were too fast. <laughs> you know, you laugh. That's actually how the shields work in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> like, or no, also the kinetic barriers in Mass Effect. Yeah, that's true. Because like, like you can like bar- slowly yeah. shank uh, uh, someone, which happened in yeah. our uh, in our Mass Effect well, twenty sister yeah. yeah. In in the new Doom, uh, well, also in the new Dune, not Doom, Dune, uh, film. Um, they uh the, they have bombs that like attack the the ships. But the uh, but like they they land on the shields that are just outside of the ship, and they slowly vibrate like slowly through the the ship shields, and then when they get through the shields, they explode and basically creates this like shaped explosion within the confines of the of the of the force field. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. But yeah, on, that, like not on yeah. the movie. I saw it from like a video. But yeah, yeah, like a, like yeah. But yeah, like that. Like that's what like the shields is like. They they can like like kinetic weapons and like and like fast moving high impact uh attacks don't do anything but if you like slow yourself enough that you can actually like wiggle through the shields mm-hmm. so maybe that was maybe that is the the thing's um uh uh weakness but i don't and that's so. and that would explain how it was able to be like lured like like pushed into this cave and imprisoned by er, maybe perhaps by earlier people because they didn't have high velocity weapons. They were just using spears and, and swords and stuff like that to kind of just like not hurt, not kill it, but at least like, like uh, push it back into the cave and then like have somebody put some, like put down those runes to keep it protected. So you're saying this creature has been created slash evolved into its current state to protect itself from like, from 
technology in a future that doesn't exist yet. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, well so, and, and, and actually, sorry. The explanation is that it's an alien. So it, it flies through space and Still has to crash back. land on Earth. Mm-hmm. So it has to have that protection to be able to crash land and survive. Yeah, maybe. Also, uh, I would like to point out that um, <laughs> so the dark young of Shabnigaroth from Call of Cthulhu, like the, the, the RPG and stuff like that, you will do more damage against it as a cent- as a Roman centurion with a sword than you will as a Chicago gangster with a with a Thompson. Because pure like it, it uh, like da- damage reduction some of that is like it's piercing like high impact piercing does does le- does less damage on this creature because of its armor than slashing does. <laughs> okay, but he's not shooting slashing bullets. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just saying like I'm just saying it's it's le- less impact it's it's less like arm because of the arm the arm piercing and because of like that like they're less effective than like the the lower yield bullets. We're also just speculating at this point. So, yeah, mm. it I is. Just it think is. It was yeah. done because it's cinematic and cool. Yeah, probably. It's like his last stand. Yeah. Kind of thing. Though it could be said that like maybe it would be just as effective if the creature instead of like like recoiling, he's just laughing at at uh at his uh at his food to be. <laughs> I'm fine with it recoiling as long as it always has been recoiling from bullets. Yeah. My whole problem is the fact that all of the other bullets that they fired at it, it it's nothing was described of their yeah. their impact of what happened. Meanwhile, like they're trying to see if it works. Like obviously, it's not killing it, but it, is it doing anything at all? Yeah, we don't. We just don't get a thing. Or, but but I'm saying it's like yes, that, either that like have it have it react earlier, or again have the reaction be like it just like laughing in the face of this bullets because and rather than recoiling because mm-hmm. it's like that then it's just showing it's like yeah no they're just fucked <laughs> they can't hurt this thing. <laughs> yeah, I would have preferred that. Yeah, like there needs to be some consistency. It's either. It recoils all the time, or it doesn't at all, because we have both, and it recoils from the less yield ammo for reasons. Forty percent of the time, it recoils every time. Like unless the dude had like a freaking fifty cal, like a Desert Eagle, or like a freaking Smith and Wesson five hundred as a sidearm, as a military service sidearm. Yeah, I don't know. you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll move on from my gun rant. Okay. Then, of all the unbelievable... Bleh, I need to say words correctly. Wake up, wake up. Then, of all the unbelievable and fantastic happenings of the day, the most astounding occurs. The creature starts to speak. And then to that, I'm like, no, don't make the creature speak. It's just going to be silly now. It knows English? Is this ancient creature from God knows where, like this ancient creature from God knows where, knows English while living in a cave in Iraq? Okay. Does it it have a library down one of the paths where it sits down in a huge wingback chair to learn a bunch of different languages? (laughs) Like, it just keeps giving me very silly visuals of this creature i mean that's the silly way to go i would have said i would suspect like well maybe it has some kind of telepathic ability to like read people's minds 
and learn the language from the organisms it's devoured <laughs> or like like how ghouls like when they eat fresh brains they gain the memories of the person that they've eaten maybe but like it just says it starts to speak and it doesn't really say that it's telepathic so like its mouth is moving it is physically making the noises yeah and like it's just silly to me and you yeah to you here, i was going to say the like one yeah, way i got around it though okay i am assuming through my head canon that mike can understand it because he's holding the stone that is also that honestly that that's accurate right there but i wish it was explained that way by like he's holding <laughs> onto the stone this thing's about to eat his friend it starts talking in english and it shocks him to the point that he drops the stone and then when the stone's out of his hand, it sounds like gibberish all of a sudden. He's like, oh, shit. And he picks the stone up again so he can understand it. Fair. It does say um, its voice is harsh, like a bandsaw cutting through metal and sudden and sounds utterly wrong coming from such a being. Despite that, I have no problem interpreting its words. Yeah. It does say that. So, like, that could be, like, the hint that, like, yeah, it's because of the, the stone that, he, that, that uh, Mike has that he's able to hear. <sighs> That's way yeah. too light. May, yeah, maybe. Also, so do you have a problem with the grave mind talking, like from the flood, with the giant flappy like Audrey uh, mouth? In that game, you are a big space green <laughs> man going around shooting things. Yeah, you are not little squishy marine man in a what does that have to fucking horror scenario? What the fuck does that have to do with it? He's still like it's like what? What does the Master Chief have that like? That this that this character that this marine doesn't uh, that like allows him to, to to hear the grave mind using his flappy mouth to say cryptic cool creepy shit. <laughs> He's been hearing aliens speak English for ages, and also I think they use translators on the oh, aliens. So either way, he is you in you as a player playing Halo. You have been hearing aliens speak English for a while. It's not weird. You being a normal okay. human man experiencing normal human man life experiencing a giant a centipede that just speaks english that's weird I <laughs> it's <suppose>. silly <laughs> I, I we have very different things like i would be terrified of this thing less i'd be less like worried about spook about silliness for this one but <laughs> i just don't, don't understand why it would speak english. fair if it was in like an Eng a primarily english speaking country maybe because it may have learned some through osmosis but like hmm. it's not i if it's the relic yeah. fine but yeah. make it clear that it's the relic in my opinion okay. it should be fair enough I, I will i will concede out of your that... hand it's just speaking in its native tongue which would be horrifying but the relic is helping him understand and he's the only one that needs to understand because he's the only one that's awake there I will concede that yes, the relic if because it, it seems like the relic is what's allowing him to hear this thing. Unless again, it's just some kind of supernatural creature. Don't don't think too hard on it. But I will I'm concede. Here to think hard on this though. I, I know, <laughs> I know. We are being yeah yeah. Um, we are here to like discuss and like think overthink things. We're thinking too hard about creepypastas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I I I'm willing to concede that like yeah, there should be some more hint that the the uh, the stone allows him to understand the demon thing. Mm -hmm. much like how it like it kind of talks to him or gives him like not so much talking but like feelings of like where to go and stuff like that yeah or again make the the talking telepathic yeah 
just like I'm okay with it talking. I just need a reason that isn't Fair. silly in my opinion. But I'll move on from there to the the epilogue. Uh, in my final note, the woman, a brunette, has bags under her eyes as if she hadn't slept in days. But even those didn't stop me from realizing how remarkably attractive she was. I shout through the door, "Who are you, lady? What do you want?" My name is Sarah Wilder, and something terrible has happened to my husband. Uh huh. Of course, your name is that cultist. Did I you had write nothing this, to do. or you should have I wish. I legitimately wish I had written this. It's a Sarah. You must have written it. Yes, clearly. <laughs> I was Shadow Swimmer the whole time. My God. What a revelation. No. Disclaimer I am not Shadow Swimmer. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, to those unaware. He often makes attractive females named Sarah in her <laughs> Attractive female? Like, it's, no, I just like. It came from like there was a one game I ran for One Less Die, <laughs> um, where the diner waitress was named Sarah, and then because I was lazy, every diner waitress I ever in our games ended up being Sarah, and it eventually was caught by one of the players who called me out on it, and so then I turned it into a bit. Yes, <laughs> where everyone is Sarah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, that's the end of my speech. Okay. Well, on to final thoughts then. This was honestly a really enjoyable read. Um, a bit of a modern pulp cosmic horror to me. Um, like I said earlier, I feel like this could easily, I could, I could easily picture this as a story in the secret world setting, or even like fodder for the secret world, like for maybe the tabletop RPG or something. Um, but also, it kind of fits in like the lines with like Delta Green again, with the the creature that is underneath the earth, uh, underneath the underneath the desert, and like somebody wakes it up and like makes a deal with it, and then like the military has to deal with it or gets gets pulled into it and stuff like that, and then this character is now dealing with this creature or like the effects of that event. Um, yeah, the whole like the whole like military like sort of, I guess military heroic horror aspect of it is really cool to me. Um, it, it, it also like, I, I was, I was surprised that like half the story was set in the modern, in, in the present day, not the modern specifically, but the present day. And then the rest was in a flashback, but it was like, it really helped to kind of like establish the characters and like the whole situation that's going on with Mike and like how he got from the event in Iraq to his his uh his current position his current existence and like why he's being stalked now by some creatures and like what he was being stalked for because of that relic and his uh and the effect it had on him and such i need i, I want to see more of it like obviously like the ending it leaves off with a cliffhanger and i i, I want and need to, to hear to read more of it i want to know what happens um so yeah i'm gonna still fully recommend the story it was a romp so, Mikey, these stands for evil. All right. So, my biggest issue with this story is that it's two stories. Yeah. Like the past and the present. Yeah. So, the past, in my mind, is a complete story. 
it happens, we're good. The present is a partial story. We, we don't get the closure that we get with the past story. Fair. Um, so, well, what I mean by that is the monster, I guess from the past, for whatever reason, is still after him what, three years later? Yeah. And it's only now showing itself. Or it's it's finally found um, him with its servitors. Here's the yeah. thing. The monster can't exactly just book a flight. <laughs> yeah. So it has to find oh, okay. other means to get across the pond. Or it has to or it's not it, it could still be in in the desert. It's just using its servitors to go after um to go after him or like or search for him because he'll like it's also it's clear that they're it's they're look it's looking for him because of the relic, but he doesn't have the relic anymore. So he the but he was the last one with the relic. So they're after him and then they realize that he doesn't have the relic. So now they're trying to find but, it, kind of thing. Yeah. But the problem is um that they're after him, but they're after him because he's one of the few that can use the relic. You don't know. So, that. well, it. That's what it's made out because it, the monster in the past is surprised that he can use the relic. I thought and you were assumed... that he had it. Um, might be, it might be both, or it might be either. I mean, yeah, yeah. but I thought it, it. Again, there's no facts one way or another, but I saw that personally just oh you found that shit <laughs> yeah i see yeah. i i kind of saw it's like what you've awakened it damn you ah! <laughs> yeah well, i don't have the quote here unfortunately yeah uh, I, I, yeah but but he, he mentions like a, a certain type of people like don't exist anymore type thing mm-hmm. Might be right, actually. That's yeah. He's become one of guys chosen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then the other thing is like, why doesn't the monster just kill him, even though he doesn't have the relic? Like he's vulnerable now that he doesn't have the relic, but if he had the relic, it would be a pain for them to kill him. Sure, it's kind of weird that the monster. Well, again, maybe that's the just like you're referring to the um, the old man. Yeah, because if Beals. he kills him, then he can't potentially get the relic. Because if anyone's going to find the relic, it's going to be the guy who used it last. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't think it's a grudge against but... him. They literally just want the relic. Yeah. Also, the uh, the line was impossible. The light is lost. The sleepers no more. Yes. So he. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I will. Uh, I will. Um. Pull back my statement from earlier. Yes, he is special. Mm-hmm. And. And the the other thing is like well, we're left on the cliffhanger of why is there a woman with child 
who's obviously running from something at his door with a grainy picture of what we assume is the relic. Like, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of questions, and um, because, to me, the portion that's set in the present is incomplete. Oh, 100%. We yeah like we so we need more but yeah yeah oh so, my so god there... sorry sorry I I just decided to quit because like I just now I was like why didn't I look this up sooner like Sarah Wilder the story before this one which we did called Lights uh, has a character named David Wilder and there's a I, I think it's involving like a um, uh. An alien abduction with him and a and another woman, and they imp- uh, the aliens impregnate the woman with uh, with David Seed, who is Sarah Wilder. So Sarah is the alien baby. Oh no, Sarah is the is the is the mother of the, the of the of, well not not the alien baby, but like to the David is a human. Like David Wilder is a human, but the aliens abducted both of them, and and. I guess impregnated Sarah with David Seed so that they would have a child because they were the child was destined. If I remember correctly, now that things are memories are starting to come come back to me about that. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's our fault for reading these out of order. We, well, no, we didn't read out of order. We just it, it's been like literally a year or more yeah. since last since the last yeah. story we read in the Wicker series. So yeah, yeah. I'm not having the context in our minds yeah. from the previous. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, basically, my my whole recommendation being partial is because we have, in one hand, a complete story, and the other hand, an incomplete story. And if the incomplete story is continued in another story, then I would probably give this a full recommendation, but because of how it is in this story, it's only a partial from me. Ah, uh, okay. I see where you're coming from. That. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, like, basically, yeah. if the if this story was just the past story by itself, it'd be a full recommendation. And then if the yes, the net, and then if all the present day stuff was the next story, but also combined with the next story to actually progress it to a actual conclusion, then that would also be a full recommendation. Mm-hmm. You don't have a problem with either. You just have a problem that they're mixed together with one of them incomplete. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So partial recommendation still. Then. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then gamer. Yep. Uh, for me, I'm like partially going to be uh, parroting what uh, Mikey just said because I do agree that it is two stories, obviously, because it is. Um, yeah. But there's just a lot. Like, it was good, but it's a lot. And not even just word count, but because of the two stories being told in parallel. And like, there's between two to three different supernatural entities in this because it's not confirmed 100% that Beals is the thing that was chasing him before. It um, straight up says. <laughs> did he say that he was chasing him before? No, but 
he's going he's off fine. an assumption just by looking at his eyes. Uh, for all so we know, his entire passes. race has bright red eyes. Yeah. So Mike is making the ass of you an umption. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, there's between two and three different supernatural entities in this. There's a magical artifact, two different locations, two different years the stories are told in, a grizzled old best friend with a touching backstory, a woman with a connection to the events of his past. Like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, and plus, like, the whole story with the soldiers being killed and, like, the, the backstab attempt. Or not attempt, six, the thing that succeeded, actually. <laughs> the coup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That being said, though I was hurriedly reading through this to get it done in time because I didn't budget my time well at all, um, I still did really like the read. I liked the military viewpoint of it all, like the characters, the monsters were cool and interesting. Um, there was limited derp decisions, uh, like notwithstanding the random uh, damage on the the bullets that they do, like. <laughs> Maybe they're all rolling ones when they're doing damage in the cave. But when he pulled that handgun out, he was critting on that motherfucker. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was weird. But um, And them not being sneaky in there when they probably should have because they were hunting it. Those were really the only two weird, weird parts that I would personally change. But it wasn't enough to actually influence my enjoyment of the story. Because the story is well written and everything is described very clearly in most cases. Um, but yeah. My only gripes are the ones I mentioned. And magic is kind of weird being introduced into this, but if it is explained further and it's not like the only magical MacGuffin artifact and like magic is actually real in this world, then I I guess I can explain it more, but I'm not going to have that information until we read more stories from this series. But as it stands, I will still fully recommend it with those couple of caveats. Mm -hmm. Also something to put into mind or bring, or bring to mind for the wicker saga. Um, they are a series of standalone yet interconnected stories that together serve to tell a larger narrative and it's currently ongoing. Yep. Um, So like these, not every story that we're going to read is going to be in perfect order, like chronological order. Um, Like I'm literally just going down the the list of the wicker saga. So we did like wicker house. We did lights. We're not, we've just covered saga. We're our next one's going to be petals, but petals may not be um, like directly linked to soldier. Or to the soldier. Okay. So, just as an FYI to you guys and to our listeners, <laughs> as we continue down the rabbit hole, the Wicker Saga. So, but, so, um, so was that still a recommendation though for you, or is yeah, that you only... like there were yeah. things that annoy me about it, but it wasn't enough to actually taint my enjoyment of the story. Like, yes, yeah. it was a silly talking giant monster that was murdering everyone. And yes, there's magic there. And yes, they shouldn't have been derpy in those few situations. And like bullets do damage. But yeah, it was still fun. So yes. Yeah. And, and like the cliffhanger for me, like I was annoyed. Like, ah, oh, no, you can't just end it like that. But it didn't ruin the story for me. I just, it means like I want, I, I hope there better be another, uh, a continuation of this down the road. So yeah. like. Because I want to know more. Because this is a really compelling story for me, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I wish I didn't read it last second. Because when I got to the end with the cliffhanger, I'm like, oh, thank God, <laughs> no, I was able to breathe. Yeah, that, <laughs> not it, yeah. I wanted the story to be over. It's just I was the one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the other thing. Is like how you read it. It was like I'll I'll try and keep for next like the next uh, as we go through this. I'll try and see how long things are, and like try and keep uh, like 
let you know and keep you appraised of like how long you have to read it. So you're you not like last minute reading. Time. The fault is only on me. Yeah. To be fair, this week was kind of, we, we just came back from a convention this week. So like I was kind of in a brain fog all week. Like I didn't want to do anything. So I was yeah. very procrastinating as well. Like I probably read this about, uh, like I, I read this probably a few hours um, ahead of you, basically. Mm. Like I got my, all my stuff done and re- reading like, no, probably you, like you were done chapter 10 when I was starting to read. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I finished this 20 minutes before recording. <laughs> wait yeah as we pull the curtain back yeah yeah but yeah like but even yeah even that like as like the fact that you you had to like rush to read this and you still like really enjoyed it is like Mm. is a testament i think to the writing and stuff of the story as well for sure it's very well written lots of enjoyable characters Mm -hmm. yeah very fleshed out characters Mm -hmm. um but yeah especially when their flesh is on the outside it's supposed to be yes Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I guess that'll do it. So two recommendations and one partial recommendation. But really just because there's one complete story here and a partial re- story. So a partial story, so a partial recommendation, I guess, <laughs> for Mikey. Well, it's basically oh. just it's it's not a conclusion. Like, it, you can't just yeah. read it. We, we need, it yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, Or it's enticing you to, like, wait for the next one. <laughs> Tune in next time on the exciting episode of Wicker Saga. It's like the Boo Saga of D- of, D- of, of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> or the Cell Saga. The Wicker Saga. <laughs> um, At least but I think five episodes to charge up that like fire that, attack. <laughs> that, that purifying flame. Yeah. Yeah. Though he has the same, dis- it had almost the same destructive power as a, as a low yield Dragon Ball Z attack. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Especially when I heard, or like, when the when the military is like, "Yeah, we found you in a crater where like your entire like encampment was wiped out, plus a, a, a large portion of a neighborhood, including like mosques, a building, residential buildings, stuff like that." I was like, "Oh God!" Mm-hmm. It it was apparently not. Um, uh, it didn't. Um, it wasn't prejudiced to any any one thing. It just wiped out everything in that area. Yeah, it did friendly fire for sure. Yeah, there was definitely some friendly fire going on. But yeah, he killed so many civilians then. That's part of the heroic horror is like, yeah, our hero. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Collateral damage. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he's not more fucked up, honestly, than what he is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. So. If you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below. This gets posted. Um, we're all on Twitter. Mikey's at the E stands for Evil. The Gamer Niel is at the Gamer Niel, but without that W at the end, because his name is very long. Yeah. I'm at Review Cultist. You can also send us emails at aldentebrigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. We can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas, SCPs, spooky things. You creep it, we'll peep it. Yeah! yeah. And if you'd like to help support our show financially, you can go to Patreon. Look up Aldente Rigamortis and select the back that you'd like to support us at. With $2 and $5 tiers, we have special episodes, early access, extra content. To our patrons that are helping support the show, thank you immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, we very much appreciate that. And to our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you immensely. Because without your listenership, it'd be like screaming into the void. And without your authorship, without these 
various creepypastas and stories that you write and share online for people to read and, and get spooked by, we really wouldn't have much of a show because we'd have nothing to talk about. So thank you. Until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Mikey, the East End Trevel. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And this has been Al Dente Rigamortis. Sleep well. <laughs>